Welcome back, everybody, to Pop Pop, the pop culture podcast. I'm the L.A. nerd, Joel Reeves, and this time I do have COVID oh. with me, as always, <laughs> is Taylor Salen. hey how's it going, everybody? And Lawrence Sperling. Hi, friends. Oh, man. When I got back from my U.K. trip, I was so brazen, and I was like, I don't have COVID. <laughs> and then two weeks later, my roommate got COVID and gave it to me. Huzzah. Mm. Contrary to how I sound, uh, I feel fine. You sound better than you did even yesterday, though. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I, I'm, like, the very top of my nasal cavity is, like, a little stuffed up. But uh, other than that, like, yeah. I don't really have a cough. I don't really have body aches or fever or, or nothing. But That's good. I didn't even find out until I got to set. I got to set and they did a little rapid test. And they were like, yeah, you got to go home. You got COVID. <laughs> Peace out, That's dog. always my biggest fear. Yeah. I mean, it has never happened to me before. So I was like, fuck. Yeah. I don't know what to do. I mean, the last time I had COVID was March Nothing 2020. Was happening. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I, there, there was no work to be had. Yeah. Anyway, Taylor, roll me those sweet smooth jams. Wooka, wooka. Yeah, do you guys have uh, COVID? Not yet. Can't say that I do. No, nope. I've, I've I've been one of those lucky people. It's like that meme going around where it's like, uh, in like <laughs> yeah. season three of The Walking Dead, where it's like me still not having oh, gotten yeah. COVID yeah. in 2022. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, I feel like it's only a matter of time at this point. But yeah. well, let's see. You've had it zero times. I've had it once, and now Joel's had it twice. So yeah. Look, I'm that's, surprised. Joel's winning the scoreboard game once again. I'm hey, I'm surprised I didn't get it traveling, uh, you know, to a different fucking country twice. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, mean, it's funny for me too. Seriously, it's funny, yeah. Joel, because it reminds me of that time where you like drank the water in the in Scotland or whatever, and you got real sick because you were oh trying to God, hydrate, dude. and it just feels like another <laughs> situation like that where it's like you went and traveled all over to all these places and didn't get COVID, and of course you get it when you come back home, you know what I mean? Yeah. Ireland had a boil water notice yeah. while yeah. I was there, which means you can't drink oh, water from the no. tap. You have to boil it before you do. No, yeah. it, it gets even worse than that. I was like, re- you know, I had been partying pretty hard for like two weeks straight, and I was like, you know what, I got to start hydrating got to treat my body a little bit better. <laughs> so the next pub I went to, I was like, can I get a Guinness and a pint of water? And the guy didn't say anything about this boil water notice. Oh, he geez. just poured it from the tap and gave it to me. And then I got real sick. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. It was rough. Yeah. With the joke, of course, being the one time Joel actually drinks water. Um, yeah. is the one time you get sick. <laughs> and this is why I don't drink water, kids. It's bad for you. Fish Jeez. pee in it. Oh, man, it's too much. Ugh. Uh, okay, that's all I have to say about myself. <laughs> nice. I know it's usually a lot longer than that, but I I don't know. I haven't been doing anything. I've been in my house. Yeah, Yeah. because you have COVID. Good yeah. job. Indeed. Well, luckily, well, we have a lot of stuff to talk about this week. Yeah, a lot of stuff. and you know... You know who else had COVID? 
but unfortunately oh, Jesus did not do so well as you. <laughs> we found out today that Meatloaf passed from COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Right? It's, it's unfortunate because like, uh, I think Joel, you pointed out that, and I didn't realize this, that he's, uh, apparently anti-vax and yeah, my initial COVID reaction hoax. was to be sad about it, but yeah, I know it's, it's a tricky one. It's unfortunate. Cause I, I haven't seen anyone really post about that. Like everyone's like, Oh my gosh, RIP meatloaf. Like what a good artist, blah, blah, blah. But then finding that out and like, well, yeah. I mean, it's not really surprising, but it's hard to feel bad for him because it's yeah. his own fault. Yeah. It sucks. Um, and we also lost Louis Anderson today as well. That one, that one is more sad. Yeah. How did he die? Um, uh, I think he was, um, he had cancer. Yeah. He had a form of cancer. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. What if it was because he ate too much meatloaf? Oh my God. <laughs> too freaking Boo. tsunami, dude. Too tsunami. <laughs> too tsunami. <laughs> I like that saying. It's one of my favorites. It's one of my favorites. Um, well, yeah, no, I mean, I think the Louis Anderson one, like, uh, definitely hit me more personally just because like he was a pretty big presence in the nineties in terms of like, you know, comedians that were influential as part of my childhood and stuff like that. Um, and like, what was the show that he was on in the nineties? And I'm trying to find it right now. Um, uh, life with Louie. That's probably what it was. Um, it's one, one of, one of the sitcoms that he did and, uh, yeah, hugely influential. So like for sure, you know, very sad and, by all accounts, a, a pretty great guy, a pretty funny guy, you know, that everybody liked. So not controversial, yeah. in other words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, Taylor. Yes, I got you. Do you want to hit your buttons? Uh, I mean, do I ever? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right, what you got for us, Lauren? So we've got a, a lot of uh, news coming out today as well. Yeah. Probably the biggest bit of news, um, and to me, kind of a shocking bit of news. I wasn't aware of this being a thing, but um, it looks like Microsoft just bought Activision and Blizzard. Indeed. Yeah, this is, uh, I mean, it's only the you know first couple of weeks of the year, and we arguably have our biggest gaming slash tech story of the year already. So yeah. um, this is a huge one. I think the number they gave was like 63 seven or 68 ish million or billion. Yeah. I'm sorry. It was billion yeah. billion, yeah. which yeah. is, uh, you know, again, it's equivalent. Like, um, you know, I was telling I these guys it's earlier, it's equivalent to like, you know, Fox buying a Disney buying Fox, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's a pretty seismic I shift. Say it was like mm, the seventh largest buyout of all time or something like that. Yeah. So far. It, was, it was pretty, pretty like massive. Um, um, yeah, it's it's crazy. I wonder how that's gonna um, impact everything at those companies. Because like I, I don't know if we've talked about it on here, but um, I have a friend who just started working at Activision, and Ooh, you know, they're yeah. going, they were already going through a lot of changes oh, because yeah. a lot of the cultural issues. And, There's you know, been some partly why he wanted to work there is to be like, cool, I want to help change this. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it kind of keeps, it seems like things keep snowballing there. So I wonder how Microsoft taking over will hopefully, hopefully change it for the better, sooner, easier. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely a couple things with this, you know, um, Joel, are you familiar with like all the stuff that's been happening at, at the company, Activision that is? 
No. No, it's, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a lot of toxic workplace. It's very toxic. Uh, and some of the game dudes, I can, uh, I can imagine it. Some of the allegations are pretty big, not, it's not a good look for the company. Like whatsoever. This is stuff that's been happening for, from what I've read, like up to a decade um, or so. So like these, these are deep rooted issues within the company. And, and like you said, Joel, it's, it's not surprising considering, you know, gaming culture and you know not 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 to mention that but like uh you know things like crunch and like just the crazy hours that these people work to begin with so when did activision and blizzard become the same company that had to have because like they weren't always yeah that happened a few years back i'm not exactly sure when but i know that's been been at least at least five years probably yeah Um, it's been a while it's been a while um yeah i'm not a big gamer yeah, totally. And and I mean, look, I'm not the biggest gamer either, but I definitely, you know, still play here and there while I can. And um, the interesting thing about this, uh, this deal is part of the reason why they did this is basically to get a foothold in the metaverse. Right. So the metaverse mm. is basically the end game of like what they were trying to do with this. Um, and, you know, gaming is natural fit for something like the metaverse where there's already avatars and people have online personalities and yeah. you know so on and so forth. So that makes sense. But like you said, like, will they be able to turn around and, you know, fix all these issues with the, with the company? And, yeah. you know, as far as I'm concerned, I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, you know, at this point they're just going to, um, turn sexual harassment into microtransactions you know what i mean because <laughs> jesus like oh, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. microsoft and activision are known for so it's like <clears throat> time will tell you know as to whether they kind of sweep this under the rug or whether they actually do something about it so we'll see too tsunami well, dude too yeah. tsunami <laughs> oh, God. i mean I created a monster uh, at the rate they're going there won't be many employees left if they keep trying to sweep all this stuff under the rug yeah, so because people just keep walking out it's bad. Oh. Yeah. So hopefully this changes things. Oh, we'll see. I did see that apparently, I don't know if it was who 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 tweeted it, but it was someone high up in the video game world uh, in, involved in the merger uh, soothed PlayStation fans' minds by saying that games mm-hmm. that are PlayStation exclusives are going to stay that way, apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because a lot of people were like, that's worried funny. about that. I mean, I don't know why you're worried. Like, who cares if it's an exclusive to your fucking console? Yeah. Get over it. But uh, mm, people were worried so. about it, so they were like, "No, don't worry. You'll get to keep your fucking shitty games." And they were like, "Yay!" <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it'll be interesting for sure because, like, you know, especially with Game Pass, like, it's it, there's. I think there's maybe one or two. Uh, game developing houses slash brands that aren't owned by Microsoft at this point that are like the mayor major triple A players. So yeah, um, that will be very interesting to see, but we'll find out. I mean, yeah, you know, it's going to take years to are exclusive to PlayStation, but I know like the Spider-Man one is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like God uh, of War is another one. Yeah. Um, but beyond that, they don't have many. I mean, it's funny, like technically because of this deal, Microsoft now owns Crash Bandicoot, which is notorious for being a PlayStation brand. So it's like even those mud- yeah. waters are getting muddied um, at this point. So who knows? I wonder if they'll release a 
Xbox Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> they released uh, the the remasters they did. I know they released Crash Team Racing on Xbox, but um, no new game. Yo, for Crash Team Racing Xbox. fucks so hard. It's incredible, yeah. I the remake is really solid too. So much. The, the remake is really solid. I, I got it when it came back out, and it's uh, it's great. It's a blast from the past. Nice. What's yeah. next? Well, uh, another blast from the past. We found out that apparently there is a Godzilla TV series in the works with Matt Fraction. You might know Matt Fraction as the comic book writer that wrote mm-hmm. Hawkeye that was just uh, adapted into a Disney Plus show. Indeed, which he was also a yeah. pretty significant consulting presence on as well. So, yeah. yeah. But who would have thought? I mean, showrunner Matt Fraction, you know, is now on his uh, on his resume. So he must have yeah. done a lot of really good stuff in the writers' room for Hawkeye for them to want to give him his own television show. Yeah, totally, totally. I mean, um, and it's coming to Apple TV Plus. Yeah, I was gonna say well. Apple just TV Plus has been pretty that. hungry for content just because they're a little behind the game mm-hmm. in terms of you know keeping up with Netflix and Disney Plus and things like that. So um, this comes as no surprise. But yeah, I mean, this is gonna be a big a there it is uh, a big budget equivalent you know of, on a tv show so like this isn't going to be something cheap it's going to be a, a a big show so it'll be interesting yeah. to see how this one plays out as well i mean i feel like they're uh the production quality at apple tv has been you know pretty good so far so oh, yeah. Yeah. i'm excited to see what they do with it the godzilla um, movies did good like theatrical commercially right? yeah they did okay yeah. they did okay I wonder why they're moving it to tv then i think they're just well just to add to the universe well what's interesting is that was legendary in warner brothers and then of course this is legendary That's in apple true. tv so it's like i think it's more move on legendary's part and you know again apple tv is like hungry for big blockbuster yeah. content on their service so um seems like a natural fit for what they are trying to do yeah do you think King Kong is going to show up in this show? Uh, not unless they include the Hollow Earth shit, which I doubt because that was crazy. <laughs> it was so bad. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was a. It was a choice, as you would say, Joel. Yeah, it was a choice. <laughs> Very true. Uh, that could um, be. A, that should be a clip out. Yeah, it was, it was a, a choice. It was a choice. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna watch it because I like Matt Fraction. Speaking of which, Godspeed, Spider Man. Yes, that is me <laughs> saying it when I was recast in Spider-Man 1. <laughs> Little known fact. Oh, well, good. from one Matt to another, um, we have some news from Mr. Matt Reeves uh, involving the Batman. A uh, couple of things. Number one, he kind of confirmed what everyone was thinking, that the Zodiac Killer was definitely an inspiration for his Riddler. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that'll be interesting to see. And we were all like, thanks, Matt. We knew. Yeah. We're like, we got it. But yeah. cool. Um, and then we also got theme music revealed and a runtime, which yes. at the current slated runtime, it will be the longest running Batman film. How do you yeah. guys it'll be almost three hours, they're saying. I mean, I'm I'm all for it. Like give me more. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that uh that Kylo Ren meme. More I haven't even seen the movie yet, and I want a longer version. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean it. It feels appropriate, you know, for a for a detective movie, you know, of this scope and scale. Like you really need that time to to flesh that kind of story out. So sure, it makes sense. Uh, the, the The immediate thing I thought of is, uh, Joel, did you ever play the um, the Batman Arkham games? 
Uh, I played the first one. Oh, okay. So like, you know how there was like the Riddler challenges? Um, yeah. And it's like, you know, basically the joke being, uh, you know, Batman's going to spend the second act of this movie running around Gotham looking for Riddler trophies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Because that's what you do in Arkham City, the sequel as well. So I don't know. I just thought that was funny. Um, Pattinson has to 100% this game. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Before moving on to the, the final boss. Three hours. Um, but yeah, let me uh, let me uh, play a little bit of this um, Batman theme that we kind of. Oh, I haven't heard this yet. Got a glimpse of in the trailer. So let's check this yeah. out. gothic and foreboding you know it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a six minute theme song so i'm not going to sit here and, and oh, bore wow, everybody yeah. with that but it definitely builds up and and the peak of it is um basically that moment from the second trailer uh where you know the where music cres- down. yeah where the music crescendos and all that stuff so um it's a brilliant theme i think it really combines a lot of what we've seen and heard from previous scores in uh, the Batman films while also bringing something Mm. new and fresh and uh, feels wholly appropriate for uh, what this movie is going for. Uh, Funny enough, Giacchino actually um, wrote the score before they even went into production. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how Matt Reeves has to how that happens. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he just had him write something. And I think Matt, the quote from Matt Reeves was like, I remember listening to it in the car before we went to do the screen test with Robert Pattinson. And so it had that oh, wow. much of an influence on this, uh, you know, on the film and the story, even that far back. Wow. So good stuff. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think like you guys, I'm uh, mostly on team, you know, give me more. Um, but I just hope that they can really keep it going for the, <laughs> the almost three hours. Cause yeah. that's my biggest pet peeve. If you have a, long movie that drags no thank you i doubt it yeah um, it's I doubt gonna it. be like like we know though it is gonna be a detective <laughs> movie though so i feel like a lot of people who uh, i think there's gonna be a lot of people who mistake like the second act yeah like second act yeah. detective pacing with it's slow yeah sure yeah. sure it's not a batman movie yeah. <laughs> it's not rated r batman's <laughs> gone woke guys <laughs> Well, what we can we can hope we can hope that's not the case. <laughs> exactly. Um, but uh, so yeah, you know, speaking of complainers, um, we found out as well that Adam McKay is producing a movie about the January sixth <laughs> insurrection. Nice. Yeah. Um, called yeah. J six. Yeah, yeah. It's um, like oh, I didn't realize this was a sequel to the Fast and Furious franchise. You know what I mean? <laughs> Um, it really does though. Like, it feels like, you know, how, uh, remember when it ended independence day got the, the nickname ID four, um, J six guys, we can go see J six this July. Um, yeah, I mean, this is definitely feels like a case of like too soon. Yeah. Too tsunami, dude. Too tsunami for sure. I, I was thinking that as well as I was reading that after you sent it to us um 
I just, it's one of those things where like, yeah, we have, you know, 9-11 movies and whatnot, but those took a long time to, to come out. Um, yeah. And the, I, I think the Yo, imagine if they tried to release a 9-11 movie in like 2002. Yeah, exactly. Like, Seriously. I think the trauma of this is still too yeah. fresh. Like, we're literally a year and, what, two weeks out from that incident, and... I, I mean, still, when I see stuff about it, like I get a visceral physical reaction to yeah. that takes me back to that day and finding out and like being on the other side of the world, all, all of us thinking our country is crashing, you know, um, like not knowing yeah. what to do and stuff. Yeah. And so I just, especially because I know it's obviously not going to be, you know, taking the side of those yeah terrorists um but with it being mckay and stuff i wonder how comedic it's gonna be and i just i don't know that making light of it is right at this moment in time even if you're no matter what you're on you know i think that he's producing he's not writing on this one thank god it's uh it's billy billy ray who's writing the script and and he definitely has a pretty good pedigree for a movie like this but cyrus no, no way. it's just Billy. The <laughs> no screenwriter way, Billy Ray. <laughs> are, you, uh, are you sure? Because January six and Billy Ray Cyrus, yeah, kind of sound like they go hand in hand. Yeah, he also yeah. directed. Uh, Billy Ray directed uh, that movie, The Comey Rule, about Trump and uh, James Comey. I think it was like a TV movie. Oh wow! Or so he's just movie. sticking yeah. to brand. Then he doesn't yeah. do yeah. anything else. Apparently, uh, yeah. I mean, he's always. This has always been kind of on brand type of movie for Billy Ray, like political. Yeah thriller intrigue but you know for me it's it's just kind of you know and I don't want to spend too much time on this but it does feel like something it's for me it's the equivalent of like oh we're gonna make a movie about Watergate before we even found out what really happened during Watergate you know what I mean it's like we know what happened but we really don't know the truth of the situation yet and that's mostly Mm -hmm. because uh there hasn't been a formal investigation at least public information about that investigation so far so I don't know you know that's kind of my two cents I know, at least in the article that we, you know, were referencing this information from, it was saying that he kind of, uh, after watching that QAnon documentary that we've talked about on mm-hmm. the podcast before on HBO, um, kind of changed the format of this project from being like a mini series to a feature and only focusing on the events at the Capitol, like in the trenches, like yeah. not worrying about like anything on the white house side or, yeah, or like a, like an Aaron Sorkin so, type of approach yeah. where it's like a so I wonder if singular it's really perspective. Be like taking a lot of that information from that QAnon documentary of like yeah. how that got instigated. Yeah. Um, but again, like that's just still not fully proven. Mm-hmm. Like that's yeah, totally. So. I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot of more information I think that we aren't even privy to in regards to, yeah. to, to that day. So, yeah. So I don't want to give these fucking Trump idiots any like glory though. You know what I mean? Like, unless yeah. it's a full on, unless it's a full on satire, like making fun of how fucking dumb they are, then yeah. I don't want to give right. them any sort of like, look, we were in a movie. Nah, I yeah. I would not be surprised. I, 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 I don't see that being the case. Let's put it that way. <laughs> 
Yeah. That like it'll glorify them or like give that, them that, that feeling. It, yeah, that it won't be a satire. Yeah. Like like it's gonna be a straightforward, like dramatic narrative, I think. Um oh, sure, not sure, to yeah. say that it won't demonize those Which people. Is like what I don't want to have. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess time will tell. Indeed. Um, we'll see. I, I, we have no idea when it's even coming out yet. So Yeah, it's just still um, just kind of just been announced. Um yeah. so this will probably be another year or two before I even hear more about this so true um well and speaking another year or two I before knew we it. hear about things <laughs> um we found out that mission impossible the next two films have been delayed because of covid once again yeah um and now and it looks like uh you know they're just they're pushing it because of people not going to the theaters as opposed to like a breakout on set or anything like that. Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure they've so, been done filming on the seventh one, at least for a while now. For a bit, yeah. Um, I'm not sure what the deal is with eight. If they're, if they shot those back to back or, I mean, they were filming for a long like time. They did. Yeah, yeah. They were filming like for a long time. Back to back. Totally. Um, um, probably figured like, let's keep shooting as long as we can to get it. Yeah. Right. We can before we shut down again. Yeah. And um, then, uh, Oh dang. now that I think but, about it, I should maybe clip out a piece of that Tom Cruise meltdown he had on, on, uh, <laughs> oh my gosh, on Mission on Impossible set. set. That'd be great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the, the original, uh, release date for seven at least was this September. So that got pushed back yeah. to, um, July 14th, July 2023 of 2023. And then basically a whole nother year before the yeah. eighth one comes out. So yeah. Um, it's going to be some time, which, which I'm okay with, you know, these are big event movies. Like if anything, it gives them more time to tweak the movie, to do any reshoots they may need to and, and stuff like that. Yeah. So make sure the effects are good, especially yep. if they're having to take out any mustaches or add in any mustaches oh, or anything Jesus like that. Christ. Um, yep. I mean, I'm not, I, I don't really care about these movies personally, so it yeah. doesn't super affect me, but it is an, an interesting move that. You know, it's not like it, you know, we saw Morbius pushed because it was supposed to come out, yeah. you know, in a yeah. couple of weeks and with Omicron, they're worried, but like this wasn't even going to come out to the end of the year and they've yeah. already decided to push it. So yeah, totally. I mean, this is, this is a whole different level though than Morbius where it's like, this is one of the biggest movies that Paramount will, will have the year that sure. it, whatever it comes out, you know what I mean? Sure. So it's like, but just that they're like anticipating that. Yeah nearly yeah. a year out because yep. it was coming out in the fall yep you yep, know? yep 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 absolutely look how much movie spider-man was able to make in the, like i don't know yeah yeah but i would argue that spider-man has more of a general appeal than tom cruise although he huh. is a Suck worldwide star like tom cruise is not spider-man so let's put it that way yeah yeah um, but you know what Tom Cruise is gonna be doing apparently is being the first man to produce a movie in space yeah or to even right. shoot an actual movie or to in shoot space. A movie in space. Yeah. There are um, also rumors that he's going to be Tony Stark in the Multiverse of Madness. I really hope not. Yeah, well, I mean, it would make sense since like he was one of the people they originally reached out to for that role. So it is like yeah. co-opting real life history. But it would I be know. so it would be so funny if that happened. I, I think it's going to be. But it's Tom Cruise, and they yeah. don't want that to be the case. It's 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 going <laughs> to feel like that moment in in uh, in the third Austin Powers movie where Tom Cruise plays himself. Like it's literally going to be just like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I feel like, I don't know. I, I don't remember the timeline of Tom coming out as a Scientologist, but like, I feel like him possibly being Tony Stark at the beginning of everything, like might've been pre Scientology stuff. It was like about early 2005. Scientology stuff. So it was right around the couch incident. 
Yeah. yeah. So, which probably had a hand into why he didn't get cast as well. So I'm like, do you really need to circle back to him? Yeah. Come on, guys. Yeah. It's, eh. but anyway, but he's going to space apparently to shoot. A movie. Yes, um, definitely. And what's even weirder is that the producers by, behind this movie have apparently signed a deal with Axiom to build a film studio in orbit, in outer space. Um, and the, apparently the, the goal is to try so to dumb. shoot the film, certain scenes for the film there. But also apparently the uh, the goal is for it to be a larger entertainment venue in space. So eventually it could hold, you know, events like concerts and things like this. Oh, my God. You know, of course, for the ultra rich. But these, you know, the idea is these themes, these things would be live streamed from space, basically. And it's like if that isn't the most uh, capitalistic you know, venture that I've ever heard, you know, just, I don't know what it is. What is They're going to be so. real disappointed when they shoot this one Tom Cruise movie in space and then no studio wants to pay to go to space ever again. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. That's. Yeah. Just, Jeff, Jeff Bezos is just looking for his own space opera happening here. I, look, I, Jeez. I totally see them being like, Oh, we're doing a Kendrick Lamar concert in space. Only rich people can buy tickets. Yeah. Right. But like, you're not going to be able to pay off a fucking entire space station just doing that. And no studio Mm -hmm. is going to be like, yeah, I'm going to fly fucking Jeff the grip from Reseda, California to space (laughs) to shoot this movie. Yeah, dude. There's no fucking way that any other movie other than this fucking Tom Cruise one is going to shoot there. Like Joel Reeves, like space gaffer. Yeah, like there's no fucking way that's <laughs> yeah. ever going to happen. So they're I mean, blowing their wad on one yeah. movie. Yeah. I feel like that's the only way is if they also make it a space station and well, it's a set crew that lives there, works there, you know? I think that's... Oh, it's not going to be everybody case, going back and forth. I think that's kind of the idea. <laughs> I haven't read up on the details and know exactly what they're doing, but essentially what I would imagine is it's like, you know how they have those modules that they can add to the space station? It would be something like that where it's like, part of a larger endeavor, I guess, if you will. But, you know, if, if people are willing, like Jeff Bezos are willing to spend billions of dollars just to go into orbit as a, you know, vanity project, essentially, then, you know, who knows what they can do with this. So Jeff Bezos could spend billions of dollars and like solve world hunger. Yeah, no, I, that's the I- ironic part about this. It's like, you know, but instead this, he wants to send me to space. Essentially, the, the, the joke being is like <laughs> rich people would a- actually rather spend their money on stupid shit like this than like, yeah. you know, actually solve real problems that we have. So we're making it so, so people get more than four COVID tests sent to their house in America. Yeah. Ca- capitalism, baby. <sighs> yep. Um, well, speaking of <laughs> capitalism uh, and horrible concert how ideas. She, how does she do it, everybody? How does she do it? <laughs> Uh, have you guys heard of this When We Were Young festival that's been announced? Oh, yes. Uh, yes. The newest scam on the internet? Yeah, Joel yeah. Joel should know this very well. It's basically the who's who <laughs> of the emo. Well, you like emo music. I, yeah, it's yeah, like emo, pop punk. Yeah. It's, you know, everything that we grew up on music-wise. You know, it's, mm-hmm. what, 60 bands in a one-day concert they, in Las Vegas? They yeah, three, three stages. Second day. Oh, they did add a second day. They added one, I Mm. think, like, today. Thank God, because, uh, yeah. Because that was going to be nuts, first of all. Like, it's essentially an overpriced Warped Tour. What? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, they're trying to do Warped Tour. You have to pay, what, it's like 300 The minimum is 225 Oh, yeah, there you go. Okay, yeah. But to get air-conditioned bathrooms, you have to pay at least 400 bucks. Mm. Eh, I've shit and worse. 
Yeah. Yeah, but it's also but it's Las Vegas. It's like, Vegas, it's and even in the fall, it's still hot as balls. But uh, yeah. But the other thing um, too is the the ticket price is non refundable. Yeah. Well, that's what I was gonna say. It's yeah. a non refundable ticket price. Like we're still in COVID. If they're fucking pushing move, Mission Impossible movies out, like mm-hmm. what makes anyone think this is gonna be safe? Yeah. And also, it's by nation by Live Nation and the people who just did Astro World. Yeah. Like I will. I I will on. On that point, though, I will say most concerts you will ever attend are going to be by Live Nation, so that's not like a, yes, but yeah, they're but not they're no not pro- sponsors. They're not like, produced by Live Nation. Yeah. Most of them are sponsored by Live Nation, where you buy your tickets or whatnot. But this one is actually produced by them, and it's like Lauren said, it's the people directly behind what happened with Astro World. And for me, it begs that question of like, hmm, aren't they being sued? They are. Maybe is this a non-refundable ticket reason for them mm-hmm. to be able to pay off all the litigation they're going through? That's what I, hmm. I saw a meme today. That's uh, you know, Fred from Scooby Doo with the villain in the the ghost mask, and yeah. it's the yeah. the uh, promo image that they've released with all the band names on it and he pulls yeah. it off and he's just like the article about how they're being sued and like, oh no you're just like yeah. uh legal fees in disguise basically yeah it's a um, it's definitely not a good look i mean like you said they came out and tried to address some of the concerns that people had because they're like this could very well be another fire fest fire level festival baby yeah exactly tragedy well, you know? and so many of the bands didn't even know about this until this poster was released and they're like oh apparently we're playing this oh thing? i didn't know that that's super yeah, weird dude that's super multiple weird bands. like some bands have you know promoted it themselves and we're like yeah we're doing this thing but multiple big bands have been like what excuse yeah. us <laughs> yeah definitely and and so. just just for the record you know the, the the some of the headliners are my chemical romance paramore afi use avril lavigne uh data remember bring me the horizon back so. sunday baby jimmy eat world too you know yeah. come on just take I mean, some time like, uh, you know, the f- first second I saw it posted, I was like, that would be so cool to go to. And then I saw that it was a one day thing. And I'm like, I don't know if you guys ever went to anything like oh, warped yeah. or bamboozle mm-hmm. left or anything like that. But yeah. I, I mean, at bamboozle, which was nowhere near this size, mm-hmm. um, you know, my friends and I got separated in the pit. My friend passed out in the pit yep. because she was yep. like, got hit in the head. And it's like, yeah. just comparing how things used to be at concerts to begin with. And then you throw on this Astroworld stuff. Like mm-hmm. it just does not seem like a smart. Yeah, de- definitely. Yeah, and- I definitely. Th- I think them adding a second day adds a little bit of credibility. I did. I have, I have from day one thought this was a scam. Like, Oh, yeah. it's one day with 60 bands, non-refundable. They're going to cancel a week before and keep all the money. Yeah. Um, but yeah. them adding a second day makes it seem like maybe it's not a scam. It's just going to suck. Or it's still a scam and they're trying to make it seem like it's not a scam. (laughs) Yeah. So it's still a scam and they're trying to make it seem like it's not going to suck. There you go. Yeah. I saw a tweet Um, today of somebody spelled warp tour, but it was W A A R P. Oh my (laughs) God. Because we're we're old. Because like suburban millennials, like freaking. Yeah. But like, that's the other thing is like warp tour and, and bamboozle and like all these things. I, I don't, I didn't even pay a hundred bucks for that. Yeah. You know, yeah. you maybe paid 50 bucks to go for the same. This would be a great time for warp tour to come idea, back and do like know? a warp tour reunion. Yeah. That's never going to happen, but I mean, it'd be nice. um, apparently someone yeah, but involved should. in it 
used to be at Warp Tour though, like someone in the planning. That makes sense. Side of things used to be a uh, high-ish up, I guess, at Warp Tour, but yep. I don't know. All I have to say, I think it's a stupid idea, and I hope no one I know loses money on it. <laughs> Yeah. Blaine and his wife bought tickets, so hopefully, oh, so hopefully it happens. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, we should probably move on, right? Yeah, is, is, that's, I think that's all everything the news we have. we have today. Definitely. But I think we've got some trailers, right, Indeed, Kayla? we do have a few. Uh, we're going to start it off with the first uh, teaser trailer, I guess, for uh, the new Lord of the Rings series. So check this out. the elven kings under the sky seven for the dwarf lords in their halls of stone nine for mortal men doomed to die one for the dark lord on his dark throne and there we go uh pretty uh pretty minimalistic but still a pretty tight uh, visual treatment to this trailer. I know the guys that shot this. Hey. <laughs> nice. Uh, the gaffer is Mickey Peterson. He shoots a lot of stuff with Emmanuel Lubetsky, also known as Chivo, who shot, you know, Gravity, Revenant, all those things. Oh, wow. Uh, working on the project also, Jimmy Schwartz, a big guy that hires me all the time for c- cool things. Um, nice. Bunch of cool guys. Uh, yeah, I didn't know that Gatsby they did Spider-Man. this until. <laughs> Sorry, I accidentally hit that on accident, but that's for you, Joel. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know any of this until he posted about it uh, yesterday on Instagram. He was like, it was cool to work on this. And I went, oh, fuck. You're like, oh, hey. <laughs> but it's cool. They shot this all practically. It's like this. Indeed. It's uh, this really CGI looking shot of like molten lava coming through like grooves in a like a tree stump or whatever to like. Uh, show the title the rings of power which uh, yeah. well, by the way i hate the title um yes <laughs> but it turns out it was all just really uh quick motion camera moves that they did really high speed work of actual like molten being metal pulled, yeah. Yeah. yeah like macro really cool. phantom camera type yeah. of stuff it was really cool yeah. looking it's yeah. very it's very dope uh, the funny part about this is that jeff bezos like posted a picture <laughs> with uh with the yeah final piece that they kind of showcase like in the thing and he's like can't wait for you guys to see this one and uh yeah it's just like dude are are you trying to you know present this as like a documentary on how you became sauron or something like (laughs) it's just funny because okay so i think we covered it before but like you know jeff bezos paid like two 250 million dollars for the rights with a five season commitment right apparently because they shot this during COVID it did they shot it for almost a year and a half just one eight episode season cost 465 million dollars which would be the most expensive season of television ever right so I just think episodes uh yeah eight episodes from one from from what I can gather and so it's just funny because Jeff Bezos like basically he's apparently a huge Lord of the Rings fan but He's basically the type of person that Tolkien would despise, especially because yeah. he killed books and bookstores and, uh, you know, just his him being a real life supervillain in a lot of ways. Um, yeah. yeah, I just it's it was endlessly hilarious to me. So um, well, I liked what you said. You sent us that photo and you were like, oh, I didn't know Gollum was in this series. Yeah, I didn't realize Gollum was in this one. <laughs> 
They spent um, all that money on the show and they came up with the name The Rings of Power. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's funny. It almost feels like a, like, oh, that's just a temp title. We'll keep it for now. Yeah. And then they're like, shit, we got to come up with a title. And they stuck. couldn't, yeah, couldn't come up with anything better. So I think it's funny. Uh, that's good stuff. Um, So I'm going to kind of out myself on this one. I like Lord of the Rings. Seen seen all the movies multiple times. Uh, Taylor knows this. We yeah. once did an extended cut uh, viewing when we lived oh, together. Wow. We almost um, made it. We almost made it. Well, in our defense, <laughs> we started at like one in the afternoon, oh, uh, yeah. which was a mistake. Um, so the ring that Frodo has, right? It's got like the powers and whatnot. Do all the rings created for all these people have the same power? Um, I'm not sure. I'm not that hardcore of a Lord of the Rings fan to know that. Like the three for the Elven Kings, the seven for the Dwarven Lords or whatever, the nine for the Mortal Men, and then the one for the Dark Lord, right? So it's like, why didn't you just not make one for the bad guy? Yeah, (laughs) totally right. I think the idea is Sauron. I think Sauron made it himself, I think is the idea. Um, Mm. But all I know is that this show is, it's going to take place like 2,500 years before the original, which essentially oh, wow. is like the uh the uh prequel or whatever you want to call yeah. it in, in uh, fellowship of the ring the the preamble um and so it's basically just going to be an extended version of that so i mean you could take it in a million different directions but uh yeah good luck i mean i'm gonna watch it so. oh i'll definitely watch it i just don't know like <laughs> i mean i'll probably check it out <laughs> it's first of all if it's gonna even meet expectations of like just being a Lord of the Rings things, let alone, you know, the monumental highs of that trilogy. So it's like, are you ever going to be able to recapture that? Probably not. So it's just a matter of, you know, is this, if it can, if it justifies its existence, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, when is it coming out? Uh, the series comes out on September 2nd of this year, I think. So, um, yeah, it's coming this year. But, well, uh, if you guys want to have another marathon, I need to see them. So, oh man, Lauren hasn't seen <laughs> the original fucking X Men movie. Yeah, what the fuck? We just yeah. found this Listen. out. I don't understand. Listen, those came out before I started really getting into superhero stuff, and then I just never went back to it. So, have you seen the original Tobey Maguire Spider Man movie? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just I've double checking. Those, just double checking. See, I didn't see Spider-Man three until maybe two or three years ago. That's okay. I had a personal vendetta against it. So. Me too. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I've technically also the only Lord of the Rings universe movie I've seen is the first Hobbit movie. So. Oh my god. I've wow. I've like visually seen the Lord of the Rings films, but I was working on a sewing project for a friend, so like I didn't hear most of them, so I don't count it. Like I need to sit down and watch yeah. them fully, like without yeah. working on things. You know, definitely. So. Well, you need to make that happen before September. That's for sure. That's um, why I thought. Oh, okay, yeah, I got time. Definitely. Um, all right, let's move on. We also have a trailer for uh, the new <sighs> WeWork show called We Crashed, starring Jared Leto and Anne Hathaway. Uh, get ready for for a rough one, folks. <laughs> this is what tomorrow looks like. Let there be lights and wide open spaces. 
This isn't a place for people to punch in and out. WeWork's role is to elevate the world's consciousness. WeWork isn't just a company. It's a movement. And there you have it. It's okay, not a company. I, it's a movement. I, I didn't I didn't have time to check this out. It's we work as in like the communal work yes. spaces. Oh yes. why? Who cares? It's like the same thing they're doing with the founding of Uber. It's it feels very similar to, mm-hmm, to that show, mm-hmm. but even worse because you have uh, Jared, Leto Jared Leto's terrible accent. accent. Yeah. Oh my he God. needs to stop doing accents that yeah. aren't like American accents. Yeah. It's a me, a Jared Leto. <laughs> so uh, that also, what did they do to his face? Yeah, I, it's he's, he's he looks so weird in this, and I don't, I can't figure out why. Yeah, it looks like they up. they de-aged him, but they didn't obviously didn't de-age him, but it still has that kind of like almost like a like a a doll face kind of effect where yeah, it's like very plastic it's very looking. Strange. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I he looks weird. Out, see, yeah. I can't figure out what they did if it's yeah. like. He probably, or he probably lost some weight, I think, too. Do you think it's just because he doesn't have any facial hair? I feel I like, we, I feel like so. we always see him with facial hair. No, because no, in Dallas facial. Buyers, he didn't. No, because he's like, yes, he does in Morbius. Oh, yeah, he, yeah, does. he does. That's right. Okay. Yeah, he does. Sorry, I wouldn't know, Joel. I think it could just be. <laughs> Why not? You don't we're remember huge, from the we're all two times Morbius we watched fans. that trailer? Yeah, we've seen the trailer later. 50 times. I should know this. I saw it again I'm before just, Scream. I was so mad. I'm oh, kind yeah. of starting to think it's just because he doesn't have a beard. Yeah. I'm like, looking at pictures so. of Jared Leto and he always has a beard. Because like, like, he all he always has a beard. Yeah, but like it just... I think... I also think they did something like with a filter or something because, it you know, when you shave, there's still, you know... Yeah. texture to your face right yeah. but here's like an on-set photo right from like paparazzi not from the movie and he still just looks fucking weird and i think it might just be the lack of facial hair yeah I guess. no five I o'clock know. shadow i guess huh yeah um it's weird yeah I so like I, I don't honestly i don't even know when this comes out i think it's first half of the year but uh i mean it is what it is, you know. If you're gonna like it, you're gonna like it. Probably not gonna be my cup of tea. I don't I probably, think I'm gonna check this one out. I probably <laughs> probably not probably not gonna check this one out. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if anything, maybe morbid curiosity just to see how bad it really is. But yeah, I kind of agree with that. I, I doubt it. So after Gucci, like I can't see him <laughs> doing another yeah, horrible exactly. accent. Totally. Like, um, yeah. So with that said, let's let's move on here. Uh, the Third and final trailer we have is the first yes. teaser for Our Flag Means Death, which is the new Taika Waititi Pirate series. Let's check this out. What we're about to do will be perilous. Some of us might be coming back. Others may be devastated by what they've witnessed. So, if that's the case, what will we do? It's something I've always encouraged. A bottle it up. No. We talk about it. Exactly. We talk it through as a... Crew. Approach on the vessel, Copper. Right? This is it. Uh, we talk it through as a crew. It's so good. I love that Restart Me just has another, like, catchphrase for his group. Yeah. Yeah. It's a... Uh, Werewolves, not swearwolves. We talk it through like a crew. It's uh, so good. Um... 
yeah, I mean, this is classic Taika, right? Like this almost yeah. feels like, you know, another spinoff or something like he, what he did with what we do in the shadows, you know, mm-hmm. um, very much not, not quite mockumentary, I'd say, but it definitely has yeah. elements of that where it's kind of lampooning pirate culture oh, yeah. in a certain respect. Totally. Yeah. I don't think there's any, you know, cameras or fourth wall breaking or anything like that. But no, 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 no. It's definitely, you know, it's gentleman turned pirate by choice yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> who still acts like a gentleman while he's being a pirate like yeah definitely and and what's interesting oh go ahead sir no 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 go ahead I was gonna say it's interesting because you know this show feels very much like it was shot on the volume so it's kind of interesting so to it, s- it was actually yeah this you could um, you could tell the stuff at sea was like they yeah, for sure shot that on the volume I and, know a couple of people who worked on it and they they shot at Warner Brothers on a volume yeah stage. yeah totally um, and and so I find that shot on what the the Mandalorian what? stage that they used oh, with oh, the pre-rendered, yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Uh, so it, I just think it's interesting though how his experience on that show has kind of informed you know everything mm-hmm. that he's done after, and uh, mm-hmm. they're going to use that on. I know they used it on Thor: Love and Thunder, and yep. um, that what was that next goal wins or whatever it is the soccer movie that um the Taika's doing as well. So oh, interesting. Um, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> yeah, dude, he's doing a soccer yeah, he's movie. Yeah, he's doing a soccer um, movie. With, Fuck yeah. I can't remember who's in it. I think it's Fastbender's in it. Um that's, so that's, that's cool. Right. Yeah, it's gonna be cool. Um but yeah, um, I mean this this show's exciting. So what what were your what were your thoughts, Joel? Uh it's Taika. It's gonna be perfect. Yeah. And not <laughs> only that, he's he's playing Blackbeard. I know. Yeah. It's so funny. Um I worked with that technology actually the other week. We were shooting a commercial for Disneyland and mm. like uh the screen was like the main street and we were looking at one of the buildings. And uh, the director just went, yeah, you know what? Can we get a little bit more of um, like like the main walkway in the shot? And yeah. then you just see the whole screen, like the picture in the screen just kind of like moves. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. And, they and then it like new shot. And I'm yeah. like, what the fuck? And it's like the That's parallax. Crazy. Like, so like when you move the camera, like the, there's no parallax issues with like the screen yeah. and stuff like that. It so, was fucking, yeah, it was some wild shit. It's, That's the, cool. it's the future, dude. In yeah, in ten years, it was, it's going to be the standard cool. for like big budget stuff where you can't go on location. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So, uh, but anyway, yes, Blackbeard, Taika Waititi. It seems like a match made in heaven, uh, definitely, or a match made in uh, Davy Jones' locker. I and, was just going to say that. <laughs> uh, it's also yes, got like quite an interesting cast. Yes. Yeah. Like, and I don't know if they're cameos or what, but like, um, oh my god, I'm blanking on her name from Saturday Night Live. She's in the trailer. Um, I yep. have no idea what you're talking cool. about. Um, I'll look <laughs> she, it up. she but sure is drawing a blank. Just, Leslie, Leslie Jones. Oh, Leslie Jones. Yeah, you're right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, people like that, and mm. I don't know. I'm just really excited for Reese to have a leading role on a show because I feel yeah. like he does not get um recognized enough. Yep. And, you know, he's slowly been in more things over the years since Concords, but like to have a starring thing like this, I'm really excited to see because I love him very yeah. much. Yeah. Definitely. So. Um yeah, I mean, unless you guys have any other thoughts, um that's all we have for trailers. Yeah, no, that, I'm just, just looking up more about this uh Next goal wins. <laughs> I, yeah, my only it. other thought is if anyone else can get me on season two of this show, like, please. You would be perfect me. for something like this, Lauren. Um, Thank you. 
what do you call you it? Should uh, be a casting director, Taylor. <laughs> I could okay. be. I'm actually really good at casting. So. Uh, yeah, you would be. Um, uh, for next goal wins, the, uh, Will Arnett replaced Army Hammer? So I don't know how. Yes. That's, so I I yeah. don't know how that's gonna work out, but yeah. It'll be interesting. I no, I yeah, I'm down for that. That's probably part of the reason why we haven't heard anything about that movie since it was announced or since that change was announced. But yeah, uh, yeah. So w- with that said, I think we should probably jump into the main topic, which uh, is a co-main topic. So first of all, we're going to talk mm-hmm. about Scream, and not the original we, Scream, the 2022 Scream. We are going to talk about Scream, but you know what? We're going to do first. Take pause. Go to the bathroom. <laughs> Hello? It's happening. Three attacks so far. Do you have a gun? I'm Sydney Prescott. Of course I have a gun. Something about this one just feels different. Samantha? I'm... I know who you are. I've been through this. A lot. This is your life now, which means that whoever this is is going to keep coming for you. All right, and that was from the uh, trailer for Scream. What the? Not, not confusingly titled after the original. <laughs> um, it. So, like, Joel, the question I have for you is, did you like Scream or did you like Scream? I liked Scream. Okay, good well, to know. We'll, good we'll, to know. We'll What's your that. favorite scary movie? <laughs> I, want, I want that voice modulator just so I can... Fucking right. prank prank phone yeah. call people. Seriously. Um, I'm sure there's an app for it. Oh, <laughs> good call. Definitely. But before we jump into the movie and like spoilers and all that stuff, because I think we should tread carefully on spoilers just because uh, the twist in this movie hasn't been leaked by many people. And there's a lot of mm-hmm. people that still haven't seen it due to, you know, COVID and stuff like that. So with that said, though, I wanted to know what both of your guys' history is with the Scream uh, franchise and how you think this one stacks up to the rest. Sure. Um, I mean, I just uh, watched one through three while I was in London for the first time. But not four? Um, so I couldn't You're find not it missing online. anything. Um, so I have now seen four. Uh, okay. I saw after I saw five because I realized I had Showtime and it's on Showtime. Oh, nice. Um, but I didn't realize that it was available there until after the fact. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'm relatively new to it, but, you know, I watched the first one out of curiosity and then I was like, hey, this is kind of my genre when it comes to my interest in horror is, you know, horror comedy meta type stuff. Um, I still think the first is the best, um, but I think story wise um, that this is one of the better of the sequels in my opinion um and i watched a little bit of the tv show but i don't i just don't think it really stacks up to the original you're not missing anything franchise weather so yeah Yeah. nice joel um i love the first movie a lot it's really good yeah um i i think that the meta-ness of the of the series which was obviously uh started in the first one with the whole rules of horror movies um i think it's just been taken a little too far um 
See, I, I think number four took it way too far with that. Oh, yeah. I think four like, is the worst. I think of that all it made it so confusing. Okay. You just like it because Rory Culkin is in it. <laughs> Me? No, no. I love it for a different reason. But go ahead. Um, I liked five. I think it went a little too ham on the uh, nostalgia and mm. the meta. Um, but. I, and I'm, I'm talking slowly because I'm trying not to spoil anything. Um, <laughs> I actually enjoyed a lot of the performances more than I thought I would considering oh, they're boy. old bad actors. Um, oh, of the OG cast. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. okay. Um, and you know what? I like uh, the Quaid kid from the boys. So yeah, I, there was a moment in this movie where I was like, I, relate to this character so much when they're Which, at the party and he's oh, like yeah. out millennials or whatever oh, he yeah. says <laughs> yeah, yeah. um or not millennials gen gen z yeah um but i honestly i thought a lot of the other new kids especially sam not good performances sam's uh, the uh what's what's her bad. name um Sorry, was Sam the lead one? Yes, yeah. Melissa Barrera. Pretty, yeah. pretty rough. I, I mean, it I was think real bad. I think that's part. Well, actually, no. Yeah, I think I, I, I tend to agree with that. Um, because I at first I was like, okay, yeah, maybe it's a genre thing. But thinking back about it, I'm like, no. Like the other performances in a lot of the other films, especially like going back to Nev's original performance, it might have a stylized element to it. But it's not bad and bland and dull. Yeah, yeah. Whereas hers, I just felt like her face was blank the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Especially because I think the the story gives her a lot of interesting yes. territory to explore. You know, and I yeah. definitely feel like that was um, not necessarily a letdown, but it was just one of those things where it was a missed opportunity. You know, in a totally. lot of ways. Totally, her sister tara was way yeah better. jenny ortega's incredible jenny, she was great yeah both yeah. of the exactly. main killers in the twist were way better than her as well yes it's like um yeah i it's not my it's not my least favorite screen movie by by any means but it's definitely not my favorite screen movie so yeah yeah I agree. yeah totally so for me you know obviously the first one is a classic and uh, i mean i i just don't know if you know a scream sequel, let alone any other horror movie for that matter, could top the brilliance of what that script does and the way that it re yeah. redefined the horror genre, which, you know, of course, Wes Craven defined it with Nightmare on Elm Street and then he redefined it a, a decade later. So, you know, going into this one, I was a little bit skeptical just because he's, you know, obviously passed away and he's not involved mm -hmm. uh, in this one. But it did give me a little bit of hope that, um, uh, Matt Olpin and Tyler Gillette were involved with this, which were, you know, they were the guys behind Ready or Not, which I think is one of the best yeah. horror. That's a really good movie. Horror. It's not even really true horror like this is, but one of the best horror movies of the past five years, in my opinion. And, you know, sure. so when it came to this one, uh, I was definitely a little skeptical heading in. And I think I have to agree with you, Joel, that um, it doesn't quite reach the heights of the first one. But for me, I actually think this is like, probably this arguably the second best screen movie i think two is interesting because it does build mm -hmm. on the original in a way that's like 
flawed yeah. but still worthy you know especially because that movie came out like a year after the original so the turnaround time on that was like pretty impressive yeah considering the quality um and then you know obviously three is rough and four i actually have come to appreciate scream for more than i originally did mm-hmm. i think that movie was far ahead of its time in terms of like influencer culture if you will like that's basically what, what, what that movie's about um, and live streaming and incorporating all these things. I will say that um, one of my favorite characters from the entire franchise, which is uh, Kirby, um, played mm. by um, Hayden Panettiere. Yeah, Hayden Panettiere. It, you mm. know, <laughs> uh, I still think it's a travesty that that character was often the way that she was in that movie. Um, so, yeah, I mean, take that as for what you will. But I think this movie does a really good job. Uh, Scream 5, that is, does a really good job of not only justify justifying its existence but really is the first sequel since the second one that has taken that idea of the original and put a new fresh spin on it like you may not love all of it and there's definitely like you said Joel, a lot of nostalgia attached with that for better or worse but i think that's part of the point like it's interesting because i know you didn't watch it lauren but i'm curious to see your thoughts Joel on how a movie like this stacks up to a movie like the Matrix Resurrections because they're very much both trying to do the same thing in terms of like exploring what a legacy sequel if you will is supposed to be or what yeah. makes a legacy sequel yeah successful and i think as much as i enjoy and respect the Matrix 4 for what it was trying to do i think this movie is far more successful in terms of um, integrating the legacy characters in a way that feels mostly natural, especially Sydney Prescott. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, also adding some new stuff and some new twists and turns, you know, in terms of like the character archetypes and, you know, all the different things that this franchise does. So um, I, I really appreciated the movie in a lot of ways. I'm yes. Before we get into all of that, I want to say in, in the universe the movie's called the Stab franchise, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which we see in uh, Scream 2. Yeah. But then at the end of this, or in the third act of this movie, one of the characters is watching the original Scream movie. Yeah. So Scream exists in this universe, but it's called... Are you sure? He's, yes. he's watching... I'm pretty sure he's watching Stab. No, she's... It's, it's the girl, and she's on the couch in the living room, and she's watching Scream 1. I think it's like no, it's, it's Stab it's one. Stab's version of Scream One, and it's yeah. basically the because same it's thing. Not, though. It's Are you not sure Jamie it's Kennedy. It's not. Yeah. Are you it's, sure it's that's exactly Jamie. like Jamie? Well, well, I think it's not. I think that was intentional and part okay. of the point, like kind of yeah. what the Matrix was trying to do with you know including like those things, but way less organically than this movie does. You know. Okay, because I was like, yeah. that's just fucking Scream. How that doesn't make any sense in the universe. No. Yeah. Yeah. No. Totally. No. All the all the Stab movies are directed by Robert Rodriguez. Are they really? Yeah. yeah. Don't they reveal that in four? In four, yeah. yeah. I forgot that. Yeah. That's fucking hilarious. Yeah. Um, Definitely. But yeah, no, it's it's a shot for shot yeah. of Scream. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why but it's, it's a different That's cast. why it, it got me. I was like, this is just fucking yeah. Scream. Like, no, it's how, a different how is, that, cast. how is that possible? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and then, you know, the way they go into it with, you know, Fork was like kind of a parody of like, you know, multiple sequels happening. And then this movie takes that even further where... In universe, there's like Scream Seven and Scream Eight. You know, they're to that point, um, which I think stab. is sorry, Stab Seven yeah, and Eight, yeah. which I think is again kind of a funny jab at like you know studio culture and, and sequelitis, if you will. So 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like the eight fucking Saw movies that we got. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. Um, um, yeah, so mm-hmm. I, I don't know if do you guys want to do a quick spoiler section on this or because I think there's some stuff that's worth talking about, um, especially yeah. in terms of the yeah. twist. Okay. You know um, me, I'd rather talk about spoilers. All right. So, yeah. you know, spoilers from here on out, please, please, please be aware that we're talking. If you're excited for this movie, you're probably going to love it. Go check it out and come back and 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 uh, you won't be spoiled. So what did you guys think about the twist in this movie? Uh, I enjoyed the third act of this movie more than the first two acts. So uh, hmm, I enjoyed the twist. Uh, okay. Which is funny because even though I was talking about how the performances by the legacy characters were actually okay for me, the first two acts, I was just like, literally nothing is happening. Um, and then... Yeah, I I think the reveal of um, Quaid being the bad guy was like where things actually got like exciting. So did you guys? Um, yeah. Did you guys? Because I think part of the fun of this like series is it's a horror f- you know franchise, but it's also who done it you know. Right. And yeah. so I was curious like how were you guys able to predict this? Because for me it was like about twenty minutes in, I was like, there's something off about this character, like you know uh, in terms of the jack quaid character and and so for me it felt like the movie was almost trying to telegraph that to a certain respect especially in the scene with like dewey where he literally is like well he you says know, it's him yeah, yeah. And, then, and then you know of course they call that back later in the <laughs> in the yeah. um, in the third act which i thought was funny but um but yeah i, I just wanted to figured it that amber was probably one of them yeah yeah um just because she was so weird about tara like protecting her and like for them to not at first i was like oh are they dating but then that's not the case um i was a little bit surprised by the jack wade turn by the richie turn um because like i said what two scenes before that i was like oh my god i relate to this character so much (laughs) totally yeah well and it's interesting Uh, because you're a murderer that's fine yeah (laughs) and then it and then it turned you know yeah like, well it's it's really interesting because they do it what this franchise does in terms of telegraphing things and like the, she you know they, they have that whole conversation in the car about how he hasn't seen the movies and then you yeah. know he's watching them and, the, and it's like the way that he played that was really interesting because you know again once you know going back you know revisiting mm-hmm. the film again like that's what makes it a little more richer and a little more interesting much like sure, the, yeah. the, the first one where like one of the things i love about that first film is you can go back and you can tell which kills are Stu and which kills are Billy, you know, based on their physical, Mm. like Billy is the one who wipes the knife, you know, which of course they have a Mm. callback to at the end Mm -hmm. of this film. Um, So I think the movie did a good job of, of like, you know, following in the footsteps of that and uh, trying to make something that that's worthy of the original in that respect. Yeah. I really liked the Amber performance at the end where she's completely unhinged, sort of just like how, the the two killers were like yeah 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 the totally and how she was in once upon a time in hollywood <laughs> yeah right right exactly yeah. as the yeah, as, yeah. Yeah. as the manson um, girl yeah yeah but yeah. no and and you know i mean i think it goes without saying the movie telegraphs like you know the metaphor of what they're going for in terms of you know toxic fandom and mm-hmm. and you know uh 
I think they reference like Star Wars, you know, definitely the Snyder verse people are referenced there. Yeah. So can we talk about that for a second too? Because I have been reading like the IMDb stuff on it and everyone is like saying how, you know, the stab eight, the guy who directed Knives Out, whatever, blah, 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 Mm -hmm. is like very clearly talking about. Star Wars, which also was the eighth in the franchise. No, that's 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 not that's 100% intentional. And and actually, I think they came out. They tried to get him to be in the movie. They tried to get him to cameo to even make that. They tried to cameo as a fictional version of of himself. Yeah. Oh, how funny. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I just think that like this premise of this movie, and especially the third act, and you know the way it goes back to the original house and all that stuff, like. I just think it's executed so well because the the metaphor, you know, the, the theme of this movie is is so present and strong. You know what I mean? I mm-hmm. think it really does add to the effect of what the movie's trying to trying to say, which is what you want every movie to do. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just I just think the way that this movie explores, you know, toxic fandom and all that stuff is is fascinating. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, um, I thought it was interesting that she, A, was the daughter of Billy, Sam. Oh, yeah. And I then also that, that she, like, saw him in the mirrors. Yeah, all the, like, yeah. weird, like, it's Billy as a ghost. And yeah. you're like, okay. Yeah. The age Billy Loomis. Yeah. Apparently I'm they not, did get Skeet Ulrich back for that though. Like yeah, they actually got him really? back. And I, and I was yeah. like, oh, good. It's not like a, like That's a doctor funny. sleep where they just get a lookalike, you know? Yeah, um, no, it was actually him. Yeah. Uh, um, also, funny enough, uh, that I was just reading the the trivia here. Apparently, there is when uh, Richie's watching the YouTube video about Stab Eight. There's a, like yes. a, a thumbnail about of Kirby. Kirby, and it's like, oh, Woodsboro Survivor, and I'm like, yes, okay, good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Apparently, no yeah. Apparently, they mm-hmm. wanted to uh, to get her to come back as well in some way, but I'm glad that canonically she's no longer dead. Dead. So, yeah. Um. Um. Well, I also, something that was a little bit disappointing that um, a friend of mine mentioned, um, I, there wasn't really much of a tie to Stu, you know, like we have Billy Loomis's daughter and there wasn't really much of a tie to Stu and like. Well, I think the tie to Stu is the the house. It is, but like it's everyone else is a relative. Put more respect on Matthew Lillard's name. Yeah, I know. Yeah, right. Bring him back somehow. Like, come on. Yeah, best performance of I'm that get, first movie. He's all, I'm getting woozy over here, man. <laughs> my One of my favorite lines. So life. mad at me. Uh, yeah, seriously. I feel like you could clip uh, several lines out of that movie out. That's what I'm saying. Um, like that, I, to me, that was one of the, if not the best part about that first movie was that turn yeah, of Matthew Lillard. Of course. Like, yeah. From and a performance standpoint. Definitely. And I mean, um, obviously like groundbreaking to the first time any movie had done, oh, there's not one killer, there's two, you know, which has been yeah, a, yeah, yeah. A, a mainstay of the franchise at this point. But uh, I will yeah, say that. performance is what reminded me of, of like the whole the whole thing with uh with Amber where she's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, and she's yeah. like trying to like trick them into like forgiving her and she's like Yeah, I'm like, just a dumb kid. Yeah, yeah. just well, I was like, that's very much like Stu in the first movie. Yeah. 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 Um kind of the person who's being manipulated really in a lot of ways. Um yeah. Yeah. totally. And uh I will say that I think a lot of the supporting characters aren't as mem I mean the the supporting characters in the original film are like super memorable and they all yeah. have quotable lines. Iconic. Yeah. Exactly. And so I think that, you know, the movie does do a good job of like 
reworking a lot of those archetypes and a lot of the character types, you know, turning the Randy character into like, you know, a film nerd, a modern age mm-hmm. film nerd, you know, that's a female that knows just as much, if not more than, you know, about pop culture than most of her friends. Like I think yeah. things like that were like really good, but uh, for the most part, like not very memorable other than, you know, really Jenny Ortega's character for me. So. Yeah. I'd agree with that. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the like jockey guy dies and it's like, eh, I don't really care. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. except he doesn't die. I thought he oh, did. you're right. He just gets the no, brother. He, yeah, no, yeah. he comes. He at the he end. Lives. He's on the yeah, end. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. Both of them end up living at the end. The twins. Yeah. Um, well, that's even more upsetting. Yeah, I, I <laughs> well, really but like his so girlfriend. No <laughs> his girlfriend in it that they're that they try to is be like the red herring of like, oh, you're too boring to be the killer. Yeah, and yeah. You think maybe she's the killer. Yeah. Um, it was to the point where, like, in the middle of the third act, I turned to my friend and I was like, what happened to her? Like, I forgot <laughs> completely that she got shot in the head by Amber. Yeah. Until I looked it up after. Yeah. Because she was that forgettable. Like, yeah. she yeah. was there one second and then she wasn't. And I was like, wait, what happened to her? <laughs> yeah. There's um, also a couple of other really weird moments where it's like, well, I, don't, I don't quite understand why. Uh, who was the guy in the bar that they kill that was, like, related to one of the legacy characters? And I can't remember yeah, what it was. Like, I thought um, stuff like that where it's like, okay. Maybe he was related to he, do. Yeah, I think he might have some something like that. But it was just one of those things where it's like, okay, that's oh, a good yeah, setup. Like peeing in the yeah, 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 the, yeah. The, in the brick wall or whatever. Oh, I think he was. I think he was related to Stu actually. Yeah, yeah. It was he was related to one of the characters, Vince. but it's one of those things where it's like, okay, I see the setup there, but where's the payoff? Like, there is no payoff yeah. to that. So, yeah. kind of weird in my opinion. Although I think I liked the what the legacy characters were doing more than you did, Joel. I think. David Arquette gives a really solid performance here, like probably his best performance since the original. Yeah, uh, that's what I'm saying. Oh, it's like I guess Vince is Stu's nephew. Okay, yeah, which makes but sense. like the the guy at the bar that gets okay, yeah, 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 yeah. by the car, but like again, it doesn't not they didn't make a big de- big enough deal about that. Yeah, it's just, a, it's, it's just just a, like a passing, like oh by the way, it's a kill for sake of having a kill, like in yeah. the end of the first act for some reason. Um, yeah, and I, I also like Nev Campbell. I mean, Nev Campbell, as far as I'm concerned, mm-hmm. should be a national treasure. She's just like totally underused most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think also that super nice, right? Just a she's absolute gonna be sweetheart. in that um, Lincoln Lawyer show that you can watch her in. So, ooh, I'm I'm excited for that. Um, yeah, and then uh, you know, I think Courtney Cox is really the biggest disappointment in this movie for me. And, and mm-hmm. it's not that I didn't like her performance; I just didn't think they gave her a lot to do. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, take that as you will. Um. Yeah. I I agree that I think David. I was expecting the least out of David Arquette, and he, and I liked him in it. Um. Mm-hmm. I will say, if I was Sidney Prescott, I would just never come to this fucking town again. Stay. Stay yeah. home. Stay. Yeah. Stay yeah. wherever the fuck you are. Who well, cares and I, these people are dying. I think stay that's. Home. Totally, and I think the movie like plays on that. You know what I mean? But I still do yeah. think they do. Except she comes home. They, well, they justify it, and I think that's the only way that it is believable. If is you know what happens to Dewey? Like yeah. again, I think that's a smart way to present it, as opposed to like we're just gonna bring this character back for like you know as a main character for the full movie. And what I really appreciated it is it's really not a Sidney Prescott story. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is the yeah. first film. That is really not about her. And so I think that was one of the things I appreciated the most in terms of just 
going a different direction while still having the hallmarks of what the franchise is known for. Yeah. I think that makes sense. Totally. Um, um, I will say one more thing that we found a bit confusing just from a storytelling standpoint is like, what age are these kids supposed to be? Yeah. Like, yeah. obviously, they're in high school because we see them at the high school, but then they're at the bar, and yeah. then there's this guy, this Vince guy, who's very clearly much older that, mm-hmm. like, had a thing with one of them, and then, yeah. spoilers, at the end, Richie and Amber are together, and she's in high school, and he's clearly not in high school. Well, totally, and, and I think Sam, even... who's, like, 20-something, like... Even taking that further, though, it's like... You know, the, the, the original film was never really, this was never really a big element, but it was part of the story. It's like, where are the parents? You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, especially yeah. in the opening sequence, like, where are your parents? You know, and, and one of the things that kind of cracked me up is like, who in this modern day, like, has a landline? You know what I mean? Yeah. And so well, I just think it's... we do. <laughs> I don't. So I haven't used a landline in years, but still, nevertheless, I just, I found that really weird, like, omission because that was such a... Yeah sort of crucial part of of the original movie so um overall What's your though, favorite I, scary movie <laughs> overall though i like the idea of uh quote-unquote elevated horror that they kind of parodied a little bit with mm-hmm. like yeah, you know yeah. all, all the recent Babadook yeah everything. exactly oh, the Babadook joke was probably my favorite i'm i'm yeah. not gonna lie yeah <laughs> definitely um uh, i also feel like some of the kills were a bit more graphic oh than way more violent before, way more violent intense Definitely. Also, and I, can we talk about again? We're in spoilers, but spoilers. <laughs> Amber coming back like half burned, like. Wah! Yeah, I mean it's tight. it's almost like a callback to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because isn't she the one who gets burned? Yeah, it is. Yeah, so the it's like. Throw, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, all right. Well, I mean, unless you guys have anything else to say on this one, I I feel like we've said most of what needs to be said. Yeah. Do you think they're gonna make more Scream movies? It's tough. I, I think if this movie is successful, I think there's a way to do it without having it be feel redundant with of what they did with the third trilogy, where it's like the first movie's good and then the rest of them are just like perfunctory in a lot of ways, you know, like yeah. they're just making them to make them. Um, so as long as there's a good reason for it, I'm I think I'm all for it. So I just it'd be interesting to see, like you said, where they go with it because you know four was supposed to be the launch of the next yep. trilogy with yep. the, you know, new cast and everything. And obviously then West died. So that didn't happen. Yeah. But with this one, I'm like, if they're going to launch into it with this new cast, like it's not going to work. Yeah. Agreed. So the new cast is not uh franchise worthy. Yeah. I feel like this was a good button on the franchise. Definitely. Like a good way to end it. Definitely. The, the like only, you said, Taylor, unless there's a reason, a yeah. good reason for it. And know? I think one of those reasons for me would be like, okay, make Kirby the protagonist of the next movie. And hey. I would be like all about it. Yeah. Like that character is so interesting yeah, she's a, to me. She's all right. Well, yeah. and you know, they wanted Samara weaving in this movie, but I, scheduling I they, conflicts. Yeah, I thought they cast her at one point and then, yeah. Really? yeah I don't know if she was ever officially attached or not, but she was they probably wanted playing, to work with her. Playing the, um, um, the blonde character, the, 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 jock's girlfriend or whatever it was um i don't remember her oh, name. Yeah, oh i yeah. doubt that it's such a I'm, small part uh, but it's still same kind of look you know in terms of or would she yeah. have just been the lead i mean i would have been okay with i that. would have guessed i would think she would have been sam yeah but. i would have been perfectly fine with that 
Yeah. Or maybe Amber. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I could, well, she's. I think she's a little bit old looking for Amber. Yeah. I agree, but. Definitely. Well, we should we should move on. We've been talking about this anyway, for, yeah. for a decent bit here. Um. So, yeah. Something I enjoyed a lot more than this. Indeed. <laughs> Peacemaker, baby. I uh, got the theme song queued up here. Going to do yes, run through it real quick it. just for fun, just for you guys. Oh. Maybe. Uh-oh. I mean, it's already stuck in our head all the time, so. Alrighty, there we go. A little bit from the uh, Peacemaker really, intro, really which taste it? Yeah, I mean, it really asks the question: <laughs> Do you want to taste it? You know, mm-hmm. um, question is, what is, is it? I don't, I don't care. <laughs> the answer is yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think the, the the answer to that is Peacemaker. <laughs> this show fucks so hard. I cannot get over how good it is. I was telling you guys earlier. I'm so glad James Gunn got uncanceled. Uh, yeah. yeah, this show is pure one hundred percent James Gunn from the Absolutely. fucking from the fucking theme music to the fucking opening dance credits. Uh, just everything about this show is James Gunn. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, this is for sure. You know, un- unequivocally Gunn. That's for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, look. Uh, this show, like I said before, and I definitely want to hear your thoughts on this, Lauren, but, uh, you know, this show definitely justifies, like, Peacemaker getting his own series. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'd say so. I mean, um, we were talking about it earlier a little bit. I Sometimes I have an issue um, with it just because it is such a strong character um, and such a strange character um and especially like the humor of it is so offbeat um sometimes a whole show for it is a little much for me yeah like you know with suicide squad you have the different people to level that out um and i think sometimes they do a good job balancing uh you know the his colleagues with it yeah um but sometimes i'm like okay that's enough of the like Phoenix jokes, like, yeah, um, I get it. But, um, but overall I do think I agree with you that like we are now seeing the justification as to why he has a series. Um, because I feel like we're seeing a lot of character development and growth with it, which is nice. And the backstory of it too. So. Absolutely. And yeah, I mean, think one of the first things like when watching this show, especially the first episode, it's like, you know, again, that question of like, okay, what it, what is this show trying to do? Like, what is the purpose of it? Mm-hmm. And I think it, the, really the goal is to, I don't want to say humanize Peacemaker, but like, you know, add a bunch of different layers to that character in terms of, you know, the moral ambiguity and the, mm-hmm. the, the gray areas of, you know, characters like Peacemaker, Peacemaker and Vigilante. So, yeah, I think they humanized them pretty well when they, 
when they like pretty early on, you find out his dad was a villain called the White Dragon, and he was like, <laughs> yeah. a, and he was like a KKK supervillain. So yeah. ridiculous! And, like, like that just puts so much character development into Peacemaker. Like, right. well, he doesn't think, yeah, he himself is like a racist person. No, so he has to tackle with the like the re- like the revelation that his dad is, and who is he based on? Who his dad is because his dad kind of taught him how to kill. Yeah. Um, and I do love that whole storyline that we're getting a lot more of in episode four than the first yeah. three. Yeah, um, totally. Well, I, I think that the, the show really does a good job, though, of like making it clear that Peacemaker is like kind of a terrible person. But even he thinks his dad is an even worse person. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah, and but then exactly. you have that that conju- <laughs> the the dichotomy of that with, you know, he's also trying to impress his father, you know, and, and be it good son so to speak you know quote unquote and um i just think it's a really interesting dilemma to put the character into yeah and i think um you know in this last episode um Adebayo says yeah. something uh about like you know we all want to believe that our parents are like innately good people or whatever but sometimes they're not you know and like how do you deal with that like you said, someone that you're, you're trying to impress because they're your parental figure, but like mm-hmm. also, you know, they suck. So like, should you be impressing them? Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, totally. it's, I think it's something that a lot of people can relate to, like be it your father or a family member or, you know, someone you're close to in general, like, how do you, how do you handle that? Totally. Totally. And I think I what's think by murdering them, <laughs> I think what's interesting <laughs> though, is the show presents like multiple different, iterations of that you know a good example yeah. is is um is her being essentially the daughter of of waller and she has a yeah. certain set yeah. of expectations that she's trying to live up to as well so and, and she's clearly wrestling with as well mm-hmm. absolutely Seems like, so. totally and uh i i will say that you know i i feel like this shouldn't like have to be said but props to james gunn for like presenting a uh, a, a lesbian relationship essentially that feels very real and authentic and mm-hmm. like not just cliches, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think there's, there's something notable there too, even though it's a small part of what the series, but still. Yeah. I, I was, I was sold from the first fucking scene, dude, when he like gets discharged from the hospital and he, he's talking to the janitor and he's like, yeah. there's yeah. no fucking superhero named peacemaker. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I am. I'm a superhero. And he's like, no, you're fucking not. Yeah. Like just that, yeah. That whole uh, wait, you were that racist guy. Yeah. It, I, was, I was sold immediately. Yeah. And it yeah. also cracks me up that like peacemakers first line in this movie is like about increasing his muscle definition in the x-ray. Like he's all, I really <laughs> yeah. try to work on the small muscle groups. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's so it's gold, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, James Gunn directed the first three episodes, which we'll definitely touch on as well. But, uh, I thought it was very, very interesting that they got Jody Hill to direct say, they episode did not four. diminish in director yeah. moving onwards. Like yeah. Jody Hill is a fucking HBO masterclass. Like. Totally. Mm-hmm. Totally. And it's funny because like watching this show and then watching another show that I'll talk about and what we've been watching. That's also directed by Jody Hill. It's like really interesting going back between those two things. So, hmm. um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I've really been enjoying this. Uh, pretty obvious that, uh, Jay, I mean, we all know James Gunn like started dating Jennifer Holland, I think, during the production of Suicide Squad. Yeah. But he makes no qualms I about like. They were dating well before that. Oh, were they? 
Okay, I didn't yeah. I didn't know that, but nevertheless, yeah, like for a long time, I think. I, yeah, I think it's funny though how he shoots her, and it feels like he's shooting her different in this series in terms of like she gets a lot more intention. Uh, you know, in the, I mean, obviously she's like more of a main character too, which makes sense, but. I don't know, just filtering that th- through that lens, like it's interesting to see the way he shoots her in, in this series, um, mm-hmm. which I haven't really seen Jennifer Holland in, hardcore, right? yeah, in, yeah. in many yeah. things other than this in Suicide Squad. So, um, yeah, I've been really impressed with with her work as well. I think she did, she's she yeah. got some good stuff to do here. And oh, she plays off John Cena amazingly. Yeah, yeah, I think that that banter is, is really great. Um, yeah, she was in Brightburn as well. Yes, oh, which shit. I okay. don't remember who she played in that. I for the life of me, I can't. Uh, Mrs. Espichon, something. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I saw that movie in theaters, and I didn't even remember that. So shows you how much I know. Yeah, I don't know if we need to go like episode by episode just no. because there's because there's four episodes out by the time we've been talking about it, but. Yeah. I just think the tone of the show is great. I think uh, mm-hmm. the references to the rest of the DC universe really like, you know, puts it into uh, like a time frame or like, a, a, you know, like this could be literally any universe because he's just peacemaker. Right. Mm-hmm. But we know that it's the suicide squad. So it is the DC. So then, yeah, they reference like Batman. Um, and I like in the most recent episode, how he's like, you're a villain. He goes, I'm a good guy. Yeah, well, you kill people. He's like, yeah, maybe if Batman fucking murdered his villains, they wouldn't fucking kill people. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it's true. Like, he's not, like, yeah. he is wrong, sort man. of an anti-hero bordering on a villain. But yeah, how many people has Batman inadvertently killed by, like, not murdering not his villains? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Peacemaker has a fucking point there, I think. And I like that. I like that question of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say, when people were complaining that Batman wasn't going to be rated R they want like more violence. Right. And it's like, yeah. cause they're not going to get the rated R we get here, which is like the comedy. And I would prefer a rated R uh, product to be this than like, show me more blood and guts. Like yeah. I, I, w- I would yeah. prefer vigilante telling a bunch of Nazis that they fucked their sisters <laughs> than I would to see like, more blood coming out of someone's face when Batman punches them. Like the R rating in this show is way more justified than like, well, why isn't Batman fucking slitting people's throats? And it's like, no, no, no. This is the sort of rated R superhero content I want. It's justified and it's fucking for, first of all, hilarious. And because it is rated R, you can also do the violence. Yeah. It's violence for the sake of story, not violence for the sake of violence. I feel right. in this. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, agree, I agree with you, Joel. I much prefer that. <laughs> yeah. And you can get the more gratuitous jokes that you wouldn't have in like a PG 13 Batman, but Batman wouldn't have many jokes to begin with. So it's like, <laughs> right. you yeah, can get the best exactly. of both worlds in a rated R show like this, where you might be rated R for the violence, but it's not just for the violence. It's so you could do jokes about, you know, yeah how much the Nazis suck and how much they fuck their sisters. Yeah. And and, well, I think it's really interesting to show like the morality of the show, right? Like this character, basically you have this character vigilante who's like a psychopath and like a murderer (laughs) and like insane. But even he has that moral compass of like, fuck Nazis. Like even someone like vigilante, you know, is is still knows right from wrong. And so, uh, yeah, I think the way that the show plays with that is really interesting, especially with that, um, the whole sequence in episode three where 
uh, they're basically like trying to murder the family or what happened, Lauren? I just realized because we were talking about Vigilante and I was like, oh, yeah, I, I keep meaning to look up who that actor is. Yeah. He's Cormac McLaggen in the Harry Potter franchise. Hey, oh, there you go. And he's Dick on Tarly. He's British. Um, in Game oh, of Thrones. Oh, in Game of Thrones. Holy shit. Yeah. Wow. And Prince Frederick in Bridgerton. That's funny. Like. That's funny. In Betweeners, he's in Pitch Perfect. Like he's, wow. he's great. He's great. In the, he might yeah. be my favorite character in the show so far. He's definitely. I I would say 100 percent my favorite character. Yeah, for sure. Like one of the biggest surprises, no doubt. Um, yeah, and uh, you know, I do, I do really appreciate like the yeah, like what a good example of that is like uh the car scene between uh Cena and. The guy who plays vigilante, vigilante. where he's yeah, like, you know, I was really kind of PO'd about you leaving me back there. But then I realized like the way <laughs> yeah. these the, yeah. the, the dialogue uses the, to like the characters justifying to themselves why they do the stuff they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I really appreciated that, like that level of nuance. And then also in terms of pure comedy, like the whole Dove of Peace bit, like is one of the yeah. funniest yeah. fucking things. Uh, it's like. And I think it's because it's played so serious. Like, it's not played for last, which makes it even funnier than it should be. Um, I was I was sort of surprised at the fact that he couldn't bring himself to murder a child. Yeah. Well, it's because it didn't yeah. have the Dove of Peace on it, dude. Yeah, that's what he says. Well, uh, no, I know. because, like, yeah, the... Uh, there's no, re- like, no reason in his mind. Like, they're not telling him why, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. no, they do confirm that they're... Uh, butterflies. Yeah, but we don't and know like what the purpose of the but butterflies are. He doesn't know are, what right? the butterflies are. Yeah, yeah. Like he well, doesn't know why they're bad. Which that's like kind of one of the wilder, like more comic booky aspects of the series is you know a freaking bug crawling out of a human skull yeah. like in something yeah. out of Men in Black. You know what I mean? That was um gross. Yeah, it was it was pretty trippy. And then I think it's also freaking hilarious and the most peacemaker thing. Uh, is that he just puts it in a jar and like keeps it in his trailer? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Dude. it's like, like and lies smoke about into it. it. Yeah, it, it's like the whole joke of he's like, "What was I supposed to do? Stop by home first to like drop off the files?" The joke he makes yeah. in the first episode, <laughs> same thing. So, um, it's pretty good. Yeah, the big reveal at the end of episode four, where their boss is uh, a butterfly. Yeah, yeah. Spoilers. Wasn't, I guess. wasn't fucking. Wow, we've 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 already been in spoilers. Yeah. Um, you know, it was funny. That? Joel and I were talking about this yesterday, and like, you know, uh, five minutes before the end of the episode, when he was talking to um, Leoda and being like, "We make Amanda Waller proud," blah, blah blah. I was like, "What if he's her dad? Like, <laughs> what if that's the turn? Is she's he's secretly." her dad with Amanda Waller as her mom. I feel like that would be too five easy. Minutes, well, that's why five minutes later, he's a freaking butterfly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, so did not see that. one. Yeah. Thought he was just the dad. Definitely. Definitely. Um, so are butterflies of, evil or are they just, um, or is he just trying to be one of a kind? Like, yeah, I'm thinking like maybe they might just be like aliens trying to live life on earth and, uh, they're trying to murder them. Yeah. But like, why is a butterfly trying to kill all the other butterflies? Yeah, or was he not know. a butterfly to begin with? 
and now Ooh, he is. Yeah. I'm not know, sure. Maybe. I feel like that part is a little bit convoluted, but I have a feeling that we're going to finally start to learn more about the grander scope of what's happening, especially as How we get closer to the end. supposed to be? Eight. Eight, yeah. Okay. So, so we're halfway, halfway through. So, so we're halfway through. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the, the other thing, too, um, sorry, I'm trying to find it here. Is uh, oh yeah, I want to take a uh, second to talk about um the ca- the character of Judo Master just because oh I think uh, I'm trying to find his name right now, but the guy who plays Judo Master is um great, just 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 absolutely man. wonderful. Um, I love that he could flick the Cheetos at him in like a way to like hurt him. Is so it was fucking great. Yeah. yeah. What do you got? Flaming hot Cheetos. Uh, yeah, it's a uh, Nutley. Nutley. Yeah. Yeah. Which sounds like a, ma- a name that would be made up for a show like this, but it's yeah. actually real. <laughs> yeah, it really does. Because it's N-H-U-T. Yeah. Uh, Nahoot, maybe? <laughs> um, I like the uh, <laughs> the whole joke. Like, the, you know, obviously we talked about the, the Peacemaker Harcourt relationship, but one of the jokes that uh, that he makes, I think in the second episode where he's like, you know, Harcourt, if you just want to see me rub one out, you don't have to ask. Like, that was yeah. one of the lines that freaking cracked me up, like, really hard. Um, there's a few of them in there so that are pretty great. So has to be somewhat superhuman other than just the helmet, right? Because he, in the first episode, he runs and jumps out of that, like, third-story window and, like, hits the ground and then, like, survives. I think he's just super buff, yeah. dude. Yeah, but you think a super buff dude could just jump out of a window like that and live i mean if he could survive a fucking bullet through the neck you know he can do anything so (laughs) you could you could justify it uh i i do think that like uh you do they do a decent job of like showing him getting beaten up especially in the first episode where it's like that pretty clear fucking his shit yeah it's pretty clear that he's like not superhuman in that way but he is like just really buff and burly, you know? Yeah, let's talk about um, how his helmets have different powers. Like, the way he defeats yeah. that first butterfly is the helmet has, like, a sonic boom capability and just fucking, like, explodes Yeah, her. Yeah, it's, it's pretty also, funny. Also, that didn't affect him, really. Like, it well, did it the put sonic like a, boom kind of around him. Like, yeah, it put, like, a little shield around him. Almost. Yeah. It's, from his, it's from his helmet. Yeah. I know, but it's just crazy, because you'd think if it's on your head, it would, like, scramble your brain. <laughs> no. He's, he's just too good. I I love the um I think it was in the in the most recent episode too where he goes back to his dad's house to like pick yeah, up another helmet. Takes them all. And then he like has that moment because like we've all like sort of had those types of moments where you you know you could clearly like go ham in a, in the way like that. And I just thought yeah. it was a, like a fun little character moment. Uh, Here's the thing though, is I hope they're all labeled inside. I don't think I don't yeah. think they are. I or think that's is he gonna I, get scabies now? I think that's part of yeah. like the <laughs> everybody needs to have scabies once in their lives. <laughs> no, you really don't. Yeah, it's too funny. Um seeing the white dragon costume too is just so like, oh my God. <laughs> you fucking would make yourself look like that, you fucking Nazi yeah. piece of shit. It's yeah. so ridiculous. Um, yeah, I mean, look, there's still a lot to uh, to uncover with this show, but do you guys have anything else you want to add uh, about the series before we move on? I love it. Other than yeah. that. Um, I'm just, I'm intrigued to see where it goes, like both with the butterflies and the white dragon and, you know, peacemakers coming to terms with all of that. Definitely. I think it'll yeah. be quite interesting. 
Also, just got to shout out the casting of Robert Patrick. Freaking perfect. Like, yeah. that's the dude you oh, cast yeah. as a white supremacist father of peacemakers. So, Jesus Christ. Yeah, uh, yeah great stuff. <laughs> um, uh, I love Eagly. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Eagly oh, is. He hugs him. Yeah. yeah we didn't talk about it. Dad. So dad, get my phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like, do we actually have sympathy for Peacemaker now? Shit. Steve Agee <laughs> is fucking great in this. I love. Oh, yeah. I fucking love Always. Steve Agee. Yeah. His background on his laptop being himself, like with like taking a selfie on a motorcycle. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So good. Definitely. And then in the last um, episode when he's like, when uh, I forget the boss's name, but he's talking about how like vigilante is the best friend. Mm-hmm. And, and he's like, actually, Steve Agee's like, it's actually Eagley. <laughs> yeah. He's his best friend. Yeah. Uh, um, oh, oh my God. The scene where Steve Agee thinks he kills, um, the the judo master we yeah. yeah he walks over and he hits him in the head with the crowbar yeah. and he thinks he's dead and then he like <gasps> and he starts crawling in and he over and he hit, hits him again i feel like that is just like uh uh master class james gunn style humor like yeah yep yep like having to murder someone like three times because they're not quite dead yet yeah it almost feels like a scene taken out of super more than anything else oh my god mm-hmm. for sure yeah mm-hmm. um um also, a shout out to Lachlan Murno, who was like one of those guys who was in a bunch of 90s stuff. And it's really great to see him in something again. Who's that? Who is uh, he? He's the one of the, the the one of the cops. He's he's best. I know him best mm, from mm-hmm. uh, Night at the Roxbury. He plays like the bodybuilder yeah. friend from Night at the Bar- Roxbury. Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah, big shout out there. Did uh, you touch uh, my butt? Yeah, exactly. Um, also in Scary Movie and Freddy versus Jason and a bunch of shit. So. I thought, dude, he looked so familiar. That's and I, that that's exactly where I recognize him from. His fucking yep. night at the Roxbury. Yep, yeah, totally. so funny. Yeah, um, I will stuff. say, I know that Lauren hates it, but I do not skip the main title scene. I never, <laughs> no, I will, I, I, I don't will hate not, it. It's just so long. I will. It's never, not long. Not it's like a minute thirty that. seconds. <laughs> it's so fucking good. I want to learn. I want to learn the fucking yeah. Yeah, the whole the whole thing. It's pretty great. Um, I mean, if anything, it's proof that uh, that you know it's it's a, an argument for just get getting getting rid of the skip intro button altogether. So right. <laughs> that combined with Succession is a pretty strong argument. So in that background, or uh, in the BTS video you sent us earlier, James Gunn said he likes to put a dance sequence in all of his mm-hmm. uh, things. I would yeah. love. To know, I haven't seen Brightburn. I would love to know if he has one in Brightburn. No, I he, he, he doesn't have one in Brightburn. He didn't direct that, so I think that's the reason why he was oh, just producer. Okay. On that. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I love it, and it's a DC property. So there you go. If there's any DC fans yeah. listening still, you're fucking welcome. Yeah, I mean, if there's any other reason for Joel to to get a tattoo, this is it, right? You guys finally got me to say something was really good. <laughs> Well, yeah, still waiting for that suicide still, squad tattoo. Yeah. Look, maybe it's going to be a peacemaker tattoo now because this fucking show's so good. That's I mean, that would count. Not a terrible idea. I still it think we should get polka dots. Won't be, but... Yeah, no, it's still going to be a polka dot. I'm not putting fucking any kind of, like, how would I even get a peacemaker? The like, white dove. Uh, the dove of peace. Do it, <laughs> dude. And everyone's going to be like, is that Calvary Chapel or is that the dove of peace? <laughs> yeah, right. No, exactly. do the one that he draws that looks yeah, like, like the a really shitty one. <laughs> it always ends up looking uh, like a ghost. That's great. That's great. 
Uh, all right, we should move on from this. Um, we'll definitely. One more thing I was gonna say, and I don't remember what it is, and I'm mad. Well, if it comes back to you, can always we can always do a mini tangent. Um, but yeah, we should move into uh to what we've been watching because uh we've also which technically sort of main topic ish stuff, but uh we finally saw the latest episodes of Boba Fett, and more importantly, Lauren got caught up with us, so we can finally talk about all of this stuff now. Um, yeah. Yeah, we talked about one and two last time. Indeed, right? yeah. yeah. We we kind of stayed away from three. Um, and of course four hadn't come out at that point. So yeah. I wanna say before anybody, everyone complained about three. It was so cheesy. Oh my god, multicolored Vespas, how lame. And I just want to say, to me, that's just peak Star Wars. Yeah. Like, like dude, you're not a Star yeah, Wars fan if you don't think me. the lamest shit in the universe isn't star Wars. like yeah. i love star wars and i still think some of the shit in star wars is like super fucking lame yeah like i saw that and i went yeah that's fucking that's fucking george lucas shit yeah right like george lucas would be creaming his jeans watching yeah. that so everyone complaining about it i was like hey come on that's like that doesn't <laughs> fucking surprise me for even one second yeah know? yeah um so lauren what do you think of episode three and four now that you finally got caught up on everything. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm still not loving it. I think four for me has probably been the best, mostly because I find the story with Fennec to be intriguing and like how yep. they met yep. to actually be intriguing. Um, yep. So that flashback bit uh, didn't bother me as much as all the other almost full episodes of flashback. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I, I still, I don't know. I'm still not loving it. I still don't 100% see the purpose of the show. Yeah, yeah, totally. I, I, I definitely agree with you. I think I was very su- pleasantly surprised with episode four. I think it's the best episode thus far. And honestly, yeah. I would have been okay with them starting the flashbacks where they started in episode four, where it's just, yeah. you know, Bofet's free. Now he has to go through the motions of like reestablishing himself, you know, and that feels a little more yeah. clear and like a, a sense of I direction. Mean, you know what I mean? I get like, I kind of get it. I feel like they're in some ways trying to do what Peacemaker is doing with like humanizing yep. Yep. Boba and the Tuscans mm-hmm. and the now the um, the Rancors yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Um, but. I don't know. I guess to show they they've done all of the last three episodes to show that Boba was ready to like renounce being a bounty hunter and join mm-hmm. the Tuscans. Like we needed three episodes of that. I think they should have started from episode four too, because they already fucked themselves majorly on a fucking plot hole already is he comes out of the fucking rank or he, he comes out of the Sarlacc pit with his armor. And then he's like, my Sarlacc pit is in the armor or my, my armor is in the Sarlacc pit. And you're like, no, it's not. You literally came out of it. Yeah. I found that really weird. Although I did enjoy that sequence. Um, it was really fun. I thought like on a practical level. Well, I think it's because he was so out of it by the time he climbed out, he didn't realize that it like got stolen off of him, but I don't buy it. He literally used the flame. He usually he used the suit to get out of the pit, and then he's like, "It's in there still." And it's like, "No, yeah. you used it to get out." Yeah, yeah very I, I, obvious. I will say that a lot of the references in this series so far seem geared more towards like people who like the prequels actually than than OG Star Wars people, just because there's like a ton of references 
you know, big and small to, to those movies, you know, from the bikes to the Camino sequence to, um, you know, this episode where they use the charge from Boba Fett's ship to defeat the, uh, the, the Sarlacc. So, you know, I thought some of that stuff was fun and I really do feel like after this episode is where things are going to get interesting with this series. So I'm excited to see where it goes and I'll definitely keep watching episodes we have left. Yeah, oh, I thought exactly. there was, I thought it was eight episodes. Oh no, it's seven. So three seven. Episodes. Okay. Yeah. So, it's you know, a weird amount of episodes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, again, I'm not loving it, but I'm not hating it. So I'll just leave it at that. Sure. Yeah. I like, I'll, I'm going to watch it because it's star Wars and it's Boba Fett and like cool <laughs> things happen in any episode, even if the episode as a whole isn't great. So everyone who was like, this is the worst thing ever. And I'm like, then just don't watch it. Like it's still a star Wars like product. I'm still Mm -hmm. enjoying it as a whole. It's yeah, you're right. This episode, you know, speaking of episode three, like, yeah, this episode was kind of lame, but like it's still fucking star Wars and you still get to see Boba Fett fight a fucking giant Wookiee. Like, (laughs) yeah, get over it. Yeah, totally. Did you guys see the big, like, uh, production mess up on it during that bike race no oh what happened the the, they come around the corner and you can very clearly see like there's like a triangle segment on the screen where you can see down into it that it's just flats what if that's just a really patio (laughs) that could be so funny no because the other side of it is a back patio (laughs) no the other side of it is a completely texture terrible Um, but it's like a it's like pretty noticeable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. So I think, you know, as far as I'm concerned, it's fair to say that, you know, we'll probably revisit this upon, you know, at least on the on the podcast, revisit this upon the, the finale. But it doesn't really seem to justify, you know, doing week by week or every couple of weeks. You know, at this point, it's like I think we kind of know what we're getting from this show. So, um, yeah, I yeah. want to talk about why was Chrysanthemum so angry at the casino? I have and no it- idea. In episode four, he's sitting there and then he just gets really, really mad. Yeah. And like they don't, ex- they literally don't explain why. Yeah. yeah. And it's that, it's like that kind of shit that bothers yeah. me. It's like the cheesiness doesn't bother me. Yeah. The yeah. Vespa race was kind of dumb, but there was an explanation for it. Yeah. Uh, Chrysanthemum is just sitting in the casino and he's just really mad for no reason yeah i'm not sure how to do with the gambling that was happening or what like yeah it almost felt like a like a like a distraction or something like it was intentional you know um but it's hard to say because like you said the show doesn't really do a good job of making clarifying that so yeah um like look i'm all for ripping off the arms of random trendotians but like (laughs) why like uh, <laughs> what's what's the what the fuck crawled up your Wookiee asshole, dude? Yeah, yeah. Oh, totally. speaking of Wookiees, doesn't have teeth. I was gonna say, speaking of Wookiees in Peacemaker, apparently Wookiees teeth or Wookiees assholes have teeth, and that's canon. Hey. Says Peacemaker. Yeah. Uh, and now Google. Yeah. <laughs> and thus or at Google. Least it's, it's been Googled quite a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so yeah, I'm just going to move on from that and finish up what I've been watching. Otherwise the rest of this week, which isn't too much. Uh, I finally had a chance to catch up on the righteous gemstones. Have either of you guys seen this? 
I saw the first season, yeah. Okay, yeah, I started watching the first season a while back and for whatever reason never made it past the pilot. Not because it wasn't good, it was just uh, got buried, you know, in the amount of shit that we have to watch these days. But uh, yeah, I finally followed through and watched the first season. Really great. Really, really great stuff happening here. Mm -hmm. Uh, And this is the Jody Hill project that I was telling you about. Mm -hmm. Uh, David Gordon Green, Jody Hill, you know, both major directors on this and... And must I say that Jody Phil uh, Jody Hill has a propensity for showing lots and lots of cock on screen, full frontal, <laughs> uh, and this show is no exception to that. So, uh, season two is happening right now; it's three episodes in. I'm also enjoying it. It's taking a little bit of a different turn, different structure than season one, uh, but I'm still enjoying it. And you know, of course, Danny McBride, as far as I'm concerned, is gold and everything. So John Goodman. John Goodman's good man. Uh, he's so good in this. Sorry, I had to. And then um, uh, Adam Devine as well. Really, really great in this series. And who's the guy that plays the Satanist? I can't remember his name. Uh, he plays a, a, a Satanist, former Satanist who's been converted, and he has like a six 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 tattoo on oh, his chest. Yeah, and uh, I remember that. I haven't seen the first season since it came out, so that was like yeah, over. Uh, I mean, it was a long fucking time ago. Yeah, I'll, I'll look it up right now, and then. Um, and then I'll be able By to tell way, you. Jody Hill is not credited on IMDb for Peacemaker. That's really? so weird. That's weird. It definitely yeah, it's the yeah. on the show. Huh. Interesting. Uh, it's Tony Cavallaro. So I was thinking of Tony oh, okay. Cavallaro. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then, uh, so yeah, I would recommend checking that out if you haven't seen it. Uh, really, really interesting exploration on like, um, you know, religion and like these mega churches and people like Joel Osteen who are clearly just mm-hmm. profiting off religion. So yeah, it's, it's a, it's a fun exploration. And then finally I had a chance to watch uh, a film called a man named Scott, which is basically the, uh, the kid Cuddy documentary that came out. I think it was towards the end of last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's on Amazon prime, really great stuff. If you're a fan of Cuddy or you're a fan of rap music in general, uh, I think most people would appreciate it um, who are into those kind of things. Uh, so I'll leave it at that. Joel, if you haven't seen it, I think I think you would love it. Um, Guys, you know what we didn't talk about? Yeah. What? The Moon Knight trailer. Oh, did we not? Oh, no. How did we not talk about the Moon Knight trailer? <laughs> wow. Oh, oh, good stuff. This is how good we are at our jobs, guys. We're terrible fucking people, man. <laughs> How do we not talk about the Moon Knight trailer? Oh my God! Uh, yeah, I, because I thought about this. <laughs> Kid Cudi's Day and Night is in the Moon Knight. Indeed, trailer. it is. Oh, yeah, Indeed, it right. is. And I was like, you're Oh yeah, right. Kid Cudi from Moon Knight. And then I was like, Oh fuck, we didn't talk about Moon Knight. All right, yeah. here you go, Joel. Hello and welcome to Staying Awake. I have a sleeping disorder. I can't tell the difference between my waking life and dreams. Hello, and welcome to Hey, there it is. There you go. Sorry, I had to get the Kid Cudi reference in there. Uh, uh, yeah, we got a trailer for Moon Knight, people. Woo! Oh, my God. We're so good. God, I'm so mad. At us. <laughs> um, I know you of all people should have remembered that. Seriously. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, yeah, no, this trailer fucking slaps, dude. Uh, I love the horror imageries of Khonshu within it, like the flashes of the giant bird god thing. And I fucking yep. love the, like, the, 
the weird accent that Oscar Isaac has. And then he finds the phone and she's like, calls him Mark. And he's like, who's Mark? Cause he's fucking the British guy named Steven. And yeah. I just love the way they, they it, like portray all these like multiple personalities. And I think it looks sick. Yeah. Yeah. It looks really good. Um, and that's actually also someone we didn't speak about that is past as an actor from Moon Knight. Oh yeah. Um, Gaspard. Well, I don't yep. know how to pronounce yeah. his name. I was going to say, try and say it. Um, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. He played the, um, skiing accident. Unfortunately, he plays Anton Mogart, Midnight Man. Midnight yeah, Man. Yeah, exactly. And, and, uh, he actually also, the role I know him best for is he played young Hannibal Lecter in the, in the prequel mm-hmm. movie they made. Um, and mm-hmm. he was pretty solid in that role. Mm-hmm. So I know him most from that, um, Cologne commercial. <laughs> is that like a Dior commercial Parisian or something? Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I I can't believe we. Oh my god. Yeah, it's okay. It's all uh, good. We'll, how, we'll get another trailer guys, and we'll how did do you like this trailer. <laughs> I mean, it looks dope. I think it might be the best Marvel show yet. Yeah, I know it's it's just so different than what's been done before. And you know what yeah. I really appreciated about it was like Ethan Hawke and his hairdo in this movie because it's pretty apparent he's doing his best <laughs> Kevin. Uh, Kevin Bacon cosplay from Tremors um, oh in this one. Gosh. So, uh, yeah, and he's basically just playing himself. It's like Ethan Hawke playing Ethan Hawke, you know. So I'm I'm excited for 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 that combo of um, of Isaac and Hawke, though. I think that's going to be really great for the show. Yeah, yeah. I I don't I, like you said. It's it's it feels very different for Marvel, but also still feels like peak Marvel. Yeah, which is strange and totally, and um, they completely nailed the suit. By the way, yeah, so. yeah. yeah, looks. Dope. I've seen it in person. It's fucking amazing. Me, yeah. me, me. I'm yeah. Joel. Fuck I know you. Moon Knight. Moon Knight was like, thanks, bud, and Joel was like, he said, you're welcome, said, Moon Knight, bud, and I was like, uh, you should have been like, you're welcome, <laughs> Moon Knight. <laughs> uh, you know, it looks fucking because I, I, I remember in the. Um, in the teaser we got for like what's coming next for Marvel in general, the suit didn't look very good. Um, Mm -hmm. But I, yes, in this trailer and uh, in person, it it looks fucking insane. Nice. It is really cool. So anyway, Kid Cudi documentary. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, I enjoyed it. Uh, I would recommend it. And uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it for me. Was it about like his life? Yeah, it's all about his story and his rise to fame and how he's like uh, really struggled with addiction and uh, mental health issues and how that almost mm. derailed his career multiple times. And he came out of that valley. Um, so it's really it's 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 pretty broad. I mean, it's covering his, you know, 12 to 15 years of, of his yeah. life so that, you know, for an hour and a half, 45 minute movie, there's only so much you can do. But, you know, there's a lot of interesting stuff they explore there and a lot of things I didn't know about him as an artist. So, um, mm. so yeah, I found it fascinating. Sweet. Who's going next? Thing? Lauren, go ahead. Remember when we didn't talk about the moon night trailer? That was great. <laughs> um, yeah, just a couple quick things. One, I watched the Alanis documentary that you mm-hmm. talked about last week, Taylor. Um, yeah, I thought it was pretty interesting. I didn't know too much about her career. Obviously I know Jagged Little Pill quite well, both the, original album and now the musical um but that was that was interesting cool to kind of get a candid look into that i didn't realize she started as young as she did so yeah same here is fascinating yep um 
And then I also watched on Disney Plus, they released a Disney World 50th anniversary special. Um, it was okay. Uh, there's they touched on a little bit more than like gets touched upon in Imagineering story about Disney World, mm-hmm. but nothing too. If you're a parks enthusiast, like nothing too groundbreaking or anything. They did show a little bit of look at the new Guardians ride cars, which mm-hmm. was really cool because it's an Omnicoaster. Um, so they like the cars themselves like spin while you're going through, like kind of like crashes in Disney Paris. Mm-hmm. Um. But I watched it because we're supposed to be going to Disney World this year, depending on what is happening with COVID at that time. Nice. Um, and so I was like, oh, maybe I'll get some new ideas of things to do. And I was like, no, it didn't really show me anything new. So That's, that's the uh, Guardians right at, um, at Epcot, Epcot, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Which is supposed to be open when I go, if I go, which I'm really excited about. Yeah. Um, but it was very clearly like an ABC television special format so it was meh um so i would say you can skip that um and then finally i watched zoe's extraordinary christmas playlist which i'm not 100 sure that's the title of it but it's basically the christmas movie that they put out to wrap up zoe's extraordinary playlist after it was canceled is mtg Um, in it he is not very much but he is michael thomas grant um, Our boy. actually he had a really good, he had a really good like rock number and I can't remember now. It's like, I'm coming home or something like that. God, I'm so proud um, of that, man. It was, I was like, man, he has a yeah. really good rock belt. Um, but it was okay. Like it just like, felt like an extended Christmas special episode. It didn't really feel like a super wrap up to the series. Yeah. Um, really but at the same time, I don't know how much further they could have gone with the series. Um, Cause at the end of season two spoilers for anyone who cares, like Max gets the powers also. Um, and There's they powers? like kind of, yeah, it's always powers. Um, her powers. She, it's the whole premise of the show. Joe. <laughs> I've never fucking seen the show. <laughs> you haven't seen a commercial for it either. No, I just know that fucking Michael Thomas Grant is in it. Oh my gosh. So she um, basically has headaches. She goes in for an MRI. There's an earthquake and like every song in the world gets downloaded into her brain and she sees people perform what she calls heart songs. So like their innermost thoughts and feelings, they perform musical numbers that only she can like see and hear. Um, Gotcha. So she knows kind of what's going on with people that they don't know she knows about. And so then at the end of season two... Max, her boyfriend, Skylar Aston, gets the powers also. How? And so they like, we don't know. Watch the show, Joe. The thing is, we don't really find out. It's an STD. Yeah, it follows, I guess. (laughs) Um, And they like explore a little bit of him having it, but then all of a sudden at the end of this, again, spoilers, they're gone. So I was just kind of like, it was like, uh, meh. As far as yeah. a wrap up goes, it was like, oh, we started this idea, but we don't have time to finish it. So we're just going to take it all back all of a sudden for no reason. <laughs> so it was eh. But yeah. I guess if you want to see, if you were a fan of the show and you want to see their quote unquote wrap up, it's on Roku if if you have it and want to watch it. Um, But that's pretty much all I've been watching, aside from what we talked about. Sweet. It's funny that you mentioned like shows that don't really wrap up very well. Uh, I watched the <laughs> series finale of the expanse. Um, this was the last season. We knew it was going to be the last season, but I didn't realize how many episodes there were going to be. And so I'm like on the penultimate episode 
And someone on Reddit was like, oh man, just watch the finale. And I went, oh, wait. no. I went, wait, what? There's only <laughs> one more episode? How the fuck is that physically possible? Oh, geez. Like they introduced an entire new planet with like what? creatures with like creatures that can like cure people's diseases and even like bring them back from the dead. And it's like they in like with within within introducing that new planet, there's like new characters. And we've only seen them this season. And then there's only like so many episodes. And then it's like, Okay, now the season's over, and it's like, uh, what the fuck just happened? Uh, so yeah, the expanse, which I have uh, raved about on this show many <laughs> times over the years, I will say, uh, does not end well. You're probably going to be disappointed by the oh. uh, by the series finale because it's not great. Um, too bad. I think it's going to probably go the way of like getting a movie. Look, it was already saved by Amazon from Sci-Fi. Mm, uh, the same sure. fans are complaining now, so. Yeah. yeah, I I I would assume we're gonna get some kind of a wrap up film, but mm-hmm. yes, uh, I will. I was very disappointed by the ending of this show, especially with how strong uh, the show in general has has been. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but you're not gonna go full scream five like some of those other people are, right? <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, just... maybe I'll go murder all of the cast members. Yeah. Um. <laughs> um also, speaking of finales by the way and strong reactions yeah since we last talked i finished season two of ted lasso and i'm hey. not gonna say it because taylor i know you haven't yeah. finished season yeah. two oh, yeah. but man oh man yeah. that last shot of season two the wink is so good so mad if you know you know yeah i know so i need to finish that, that out character it is good mm-hmm. um and then i fucking finally Watch the show that Taylor wouldn't <laughs> shut the fuck up about. Uh, started watching Succession. Um, <laughs> it's my Java. It's my Java like laughing. <laughs> I am already probably halfway through season two right now. Yeah. Um, I will say I've been enjoying it more since the end of season one. Into se- so I really enjoyed the pilot. I thought the pilot was fucking really strong. Yeah. And then I thought it dragged really hard in the middle. And then the ending of season one into what I've seen now, all the way into like midway of season two has just been really, really good. Yeah. So Yeah. It takes us, uh, it takes some time to get going, but it, it only gets better as you go along. And it's just really a, a great show with great characters. The finale of season one is just, uh, yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. They go like, I don't know. It's just every time you think you know what's going to happen, they're like, just kidding. This happens instead. And now there's more ramifications that you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. And well, and I love the way the show like it. The the show is so brilliantly written in the sense that like what's being said is not what's actually being said. And they have a gag about this. And like, I think the first or second episode where it's like someone's like, you know, uh, you know, fuck off or whatever. But what it really means is like something else. You know what I mean? And so yeah. uh, I just think it's really interesting the show, the way the show plays with that. You know what I mean? The kind of lingo, if you will. I have to imagine that this is what rich people are like in real life. And it's oh. horrifying. <laughs> so you know that this this family was based off the Murdochs, right? Like that was the yeah, main yeah, inspiration. Yeah. So, I mean, it's... Well, so there's a scene in one of the episodes I was watching where, and I'll try to like keep yeah. it sp- like light spoilers but the dad someone like wrote a book about him and someone in the family talked about him and he's not happy about it 
And so he makes a bunch of people crawl around on the ground mm. as he throws sausages at them. And he makes them like oink and like eat. Four on the floor. Four on the floor. And it's yeah. because they're very rich. And the people that are crawling around the ground are uh, a, a, a distant cousin, a uh, husband of his daughter. So like not directly related. And then like some guy who works for him. Yeah. So it's like they're not in the family and they just treat them like shit. And I just mm-hmm. assume this is how all ultra rich people actually are in real life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. Very curious to see what your thoughts are once you hit the end of season three. So keep I'm watching, buddy. To see, I'm waiting to see if the stuff in England comes back. It, you mean with the mom and stuff? No, no, no. With like the car. Oh, for sure. For okay. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's uh, a big okay. element. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hey, don't do drugs, kids. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. They're yeah. fun. Uh, don't do drugs and drive a car. How about that? <laughs> yeah, it, it, you can do all the drugs you want, but don't drive a vehicle afterwards. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, no, I'm gonna probably continue watching it after this podcast. Uh, nice. So I'll probably get to end of season two at least today. I got a couple oh, yeah. more days in quarantine, so um, you know. I'll probably try to watch that uh, documentary about the soccer team that Taika Waititi's making a movie about. Mm. Um, oh, Ahsoka show cast Mary Elizabeth Winstead, huh? Yeah, apparently. Oh, interesting. As who? Uh, it's not saying from what I can tell. Well, I love her. She's a great actress. Uh, that'll be fun. Yeah, oh, it yeah. doesn't say who. Yep. But, yeah, sorry. Breaking news, everybody. Oh, yeah, that's fun. Uh, other than that, I don't know. just been watching, you know, the Rams have made it to uh, the divisional round of the playoffs. They beat mm-hmm. the wild card uh, game against the Cardinals. They absolutely crushed them. On Sunday, they play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And what juicier way to make it to the Super Bowl than to go through Tom Brady, that fucking kid-kissing piece of shit. <laughs> Uh, go through the sucking ears uh, the sucking ears baby I can't wait for that game and then uh, my soccer team Tottenham Hotspurs just won a game out of fucking nowhere they were 2-1 down in the 94th minute so this is four minutes into stoppage time right it is a 90 minute game they added on however much they were 94 minutes in they were down 2-1 they won the game three two. Jeez. Wow, that's great. They scored two goals in seventy eight seconds. It was fucking beautiful. Dang. So that was a fun day watching that. Watching you know all kinds of all kinds of sports. This isn't a sports podcast, but you know I talk about it when I can because <laughs> uh, I love it. Yeah. But now I got a bunch of other shit. God damn it! I got to watch Righteous Gemstone season two. I got to watch this Kid Cudi documentary now. Yeah. Ugh, so much shit well, to watch. You got time, Joel? So fuck you. It's true. I do, though. I do. You just said yourself you do. Uh, So, you know what? Let me go on and get to watching more shit. So, uh, Taylor, where can everybody find you on the internet? Uh, You can find me at uh, Taylor Salen on Twitter, and you can also find me writing stuff for Mandatory at mandatory.com slash Taylor Salen. Whoa. What about you, Lauren? I am at underscore Miss Pixie underscore on Instagram and Twitter. Um, and also we are the pop pop podcast on Instagram. Love the name. Uh, I'm <laughs> the LA nerd everywhere on the internet, uh, Twitter, uh, 
Instagram, uh, you know, here. Uh, I actually roasted a dude pretty hard on Twitter earlier. I was really proud of it. Mm, yeah, he, uh, I just I actually just saw that a few minutes ago. You, the uh, Star Wars about, guy. Yeah, he was complaining about Boba Fett sucking, and someone like criticized him, and he was like, "If someone trashed your car, and then you told him to get over it, that's what you sound like right now." And my response was, "I took out a loan from a bank." for my car and paid for it with my real job over five years. Uh, how much did you take out a loan for to watch Boba Fett? What was the uh, <laughs> APR yeah. percentage on uh, that character? What was the was APR in Boba? Return of the Jedi or did you own him then too? And he was like, stop being a cunt. And I was like, yeah, I'm the cunt. You're the one, do- you're the one fucking complaining about a character on the internet. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, thanks for listening to this episode of Pop 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 Culture Podcast. Uh, yeah, I guess follow us on Instagram. <laughs> yep, sounds good. Later nerds. Peace. Bye.